0: when I was 13, it was a big step for me to step out of my comfort zone, leave home, go from Japan to New Zealand. Back then, there was no social media, so you felt very far away. It's not like you can just contact FaceTime. But I think that really contributed to me growing as a person. After that, I can go anywhere, like adapt very easily. That's where I developed my work ethic as well. Just do what you can, make the best out of the situation. One can see it in someone's eyes
1: if they've been through a lot and they're very secure in uncomfortable situations and you see when someone has grown up very sheltered and you can tell one slight deviation from the norm will throw them off. The following is a conversation with Alec Nakano, one of our many international clients. In fact, He's from Japan and we're doing this podcast right here in Tokyo, Japan. So we're talking about his success as a fitness coach online in the national market of Japan. We're talking about the Japanese culture, Japanese hustle culture, his upbringing, and most importantly, his transitioning from a very conservative engineering full-time job into being a full-time business owner, now making multiple five figures a month. Hope you're gonna enjoy this one let's crack right into it Alec nice to meet you man nice to meet you
0: Max finally so wait so you said your parents are Polish and Japanese yes my dad's Polish my mom's Japanese how did they meet they actually met when they were working um in Hong Kong damn both, this, this story both... keeps getting more and more convoluted <laughs> yeah, yeah, <sorry. laughs> my background my background's pretty complicated so and you grew up where I grew up mainly in Japan um Hokkaido which is the top island of Japan, a hmm. um, bit of a countryside compared to Tokyo. So I grew up there until I was 14. Yeah. And then I went all over the place for school and ended up in the UK for university and then came back to Japan in 2019. So four years ago now. Damn. What brought you,
1: what brought you back to Japan?
0: So I just to work, man. So I always wanted to come back to Japan after living overseas for a long time. Mm. I just wanted to start off my career in Japan. I love the food, obviously. So yes. Since we are in Japan, we're literally in Tokyo as we speak, which is welcome. So mind blowing to me. Like,
1: I kept saying it yesterday. I was uh, I was having drinks with a friend, and I kept telling her, "I'm like, I can't believe I'm here." You know, <laughs> it's. I mean, it's probably you probably cannot resonate to, with it as much because you were born here and stuff like yeah. that. But for like a just some Austrian kid like me, I'm like the land of the rising sun, and I'm whatever 16 hours away from the states 16 hour time difference 9 hours or whatever or 7 hours to Austria it is so strange man in a cool way yeah must be man it is so why why is Japan so good with beef what's the history there
0: I mean they massage the cows you know they (laughs) treat it very well you know all the marbling yeah That's why it's good they treat the cow right so i mean it's it's insane like i've never tasted
1: it's so soft don't don't you get wagyu in austria in in tiny quantity quantity. it's so expensive there and that's why like when i bought wagyu here i'm like are you sure this is the price this is like super cheap
0: it's just like the
1: normal beef here kind (laughs) of not normal but but i'm
0: like this is like you can get it like in a local yeah you just buy it at a store it's so crazy man it's so crazy is that what we're going to get today um you get a bit lean so we can eat more i mean if you get to wagyu you you've gotta kind of go for the quality rather than the quantity right yeah 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 eat too much too fatty so today's more <laughs> of a lean man. 500 600 grams kind of day oh let's go <laughs> <laughs> i'm hyped man i am
1: so hyped and i'm also really high on coffee um Same. and on placenta we drank placenta a placenta whatever you call it in english placenta, yeah. which is by the way illegal
0: in every, almost yeah, everywhere yeah i didn't else. know that i'm surprised that japan's pretty strict on those mm-hmm. things you know like illegal stuff so so I don't know. Like I saw it at the butcher. Why?
1: Why you can buy placenta here at a butcher? I don't know. <laughs> Did you ask him? Uh, no, because they didn't speak proper uh, English. Yeah, she so. just said, "Not good. <laughs> just, <laughs> not good. Taste not good." She said, <laughs>
0: "Good salesman. Good saleswoman."
1: <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, "They were like laugh. There was like these two girls, and they were like laughing at these <laughs> stupid foreigners buying <laughs> it, and they were like." I
0: think they thought we don't know what it is. They're like, oh my god, <laughs> you know, like we should <laughs> not sell this to them. <laughs> In Japan, you say gaijin for foreigners. Gaijin. So if you hear someone saying gaijin. Is like, it bad? It's not, it's not too bad, but a bit bad. Oh, I was like a silly little gaijin. Yeah, yeah, a yeah, like mm. silly little gaijin foreigner. So what is that, that
1: other thing called? These big ass monsters from uh, Pacific Rim? They're called no. gaijin. Not sure. What
0: are the monsters? The, what, what is the word for oh, like huge? Kyojin? Yes. Kyojin. Kyojin. Kyojin means, yeah. Kyo, Kyojin. Kyojin. Kyojin, yeah. K-Y-O. No,
1: way. there was another Shin so, yeah. Shin something. Ah, have you seen Pacific Rim? Oh, uh, no, I haven't. Dude, yeah. it's insane. Like, it's just huge robots fighting k- kaiju, kaiju. Ka- kaiju. Ne? That's the word.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that means just monster or what? Kaiju is, yeah, big monster, Godzilla,
1: yeah. yeah. Damn right, damn right. Anyway, so you so you moved around. And then at some point you got into fitness or how exactly did that work?
0: Yeah, so I started fitness when I was 14. That was when I went to, I went to New Zealand for school. Oh, Um, damn. Yeah, so they were, you know, big guys, you know, into rugby Mm. and I was just a skinny, you know, Japanese kid. Mm. Back in Japan that time, you know, I considered being like skinny, lean, you know, long hair, kind of feminine, look Mm. kind of. Androgynous (laughs) kind of style. Yeah, Yeah, I thought that was cool because all the pop stars and the people that guys look up to were kind of like that. but when I went to New Zealand, I had this realization, wow, actually having muscle and, you know, being big, sporty is actually cool. So mm-hmm. it was a big cultural difference for me. And that's when I got inspired and that's when I started working out. Did you, are you a hard gainer? Um, yeah, hard gainer. I gain fat easily as well, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, muscle gaining is hard for everyone. But yeah, I would say I'm a hard gainer, yeah. Man, I'm jealous. <laughs> How many calories do you eat per day? Uh, like two, two 2.5 at the moment, trying to stay lean. Not too much, man. I wear 2.5 is bulk for me. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, oh, yeah. Really? I hate, I hate everyone so much. <laughs> this is like the most unfair thing in the world. Like, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm at like 2.2 is maintenance. 1.8 is like slight cut for me, <laughs> and like if I want to do proper cuts, like 1.7, 1.6, which is ridiculous. I mean, come yeah. on, yeah. 1.8, it's like you just eat freaking green salad. Yeah, and a, a little bit <laughs> of chicken. Gotta get that volume in. It's so stupid, man. I probably. hate everything, and. Um, and then I remember my first bulk. I was like, cutting, cutting, cutting. And then I'm like, finally, I'm bulking. And my fitness coach back then, Mario Tomic, epic guy, he was like, okay, we're going to do a bulk now, 2.4. <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I thought it's going to be 3K or some shit, you know? No, yeah. 2.4 thousand calories. Yeah, that's the reality,
0: isn't it? Because if you eat too much, you just gain the fat.
1: Mm. So. But I don't know why, man. I don't, I don't know why all the fitness coaches want me to suffer so much <laughs> and just like... <sighs> It's hard, man. But, but at the same time, I'm happy. I, I grow muscle pretty quickly, so that's yeah. at least good, you know. Like I know other guys have really trouble with with like building muscle and stuff like that. So at least that works. Especially my legs, my legs they, yeah. they explode. Your calves, are yeah. Huge. I don't yeah. do any. it's just I just walk. I don't I don't train uh, calves at all, yeah. never.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm jealous of that because I, I have small calves. So I literally work them every day, <laughs> you know, calf raises uh, every day. But nobody cares about the calves except yeah, for
1: other bodybuilder yeah, dudes yeah. you know like i've never seen a girl like oh your calves so, you know it's yeah, only it's just like dudes, other yeah. dudes are like bro your curves, bro <laughs> it's for the dudes so <laughs> that's the expectations you know you get really fit thinking it's gonna help you with girls all it does is yeah. other guys coming up hey yeah, yeah. like, bro
0: love your pecs bro <laughs> the instagram dms as well right you would expect girls to dm you but it's like guys asking you for advice so yeah, exactly like, oh, shit
1: <laughs> <laughs> like when i <laughs> when I went to Rock and Park Festival last year in, in, in Germany. I've never been approached by that many guys. Because <laughs> it's a festival, it's in summer, you know, rock music, so oftentimes I just take my shirt off because I don't yeah. want to sweat it. And then like guys come up like, oh my God, holy shit dude, what's your gym routine? It's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Uh, so is that how you started coaching? Like, so you, you started bulking up, you started
0: getting muscle. How did you then say, I want to help other guys with that? Okay, so I've always, been into, you know, helping people, giving value to people. That's mm. why I started my YouTube channel to start off with. So I started my YouTube channel when I was 17. So Damn. I was all in Japanese, you know, just at that time, no one really knew about training in Japan. So I saw mm. this niche, you know, mm. this chance. So I went into it, started uploading fitness content, vlogs, etc. you know, giving value. And I Built up an audience, you know. I wasn't really business-minded or focused at that time. I just wanted to, you know, be known for mm. what I like doing. So yeah. I just uploaded videos, yeah, got a following, and yeah, just kept doing that until end of university. Um, and after that, obviously, you know, um, kind of reality strikes strikes you. Right. I mean, I did do like my apparel brand and stuff, but I decided to, you know, go the normal path of like working in a normal job. And I was doing that, and then I realized, you know, my passion is actually in coaching people, helping people. So I started researching, you know, how I can, you know, make it into business, how I can coach people. Mm-hmm. And I knew you from before, and I knew you were, you know, doing this whole coaching thing. So that's mm-hmm. when I reached out to you and your team, and yeah, became a client. And you know. how did you,
1: how did you reach out to us? Um, you still know? Just booked a call, or did you do we DM or I, th- I booked a call. Yeah,
0: because mm-hmm. I always followed you, right? Nice. So yeah, so I messaged you, I think, and you sent me a link. Uh, ah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah? No yeah. way. Yeah,
1: I, I so. got to check our Instagram card. I got to scroll
0: all the way up, you know? Yeah. Or I went to your website and, yeah, signed up for the call. First time, I think, when I signed up for the call, I didn't go forward with it. But Ah, uh, yeah? Yeah, so you guys gave me a call, and I was, you know, I was still had my first salary or something, you know? So I literally started from zero, you know? So it was, I wasn't in that mind yet. So yeah. I gave it another six months and then I was like, yeah, okay, I'm in.
1: Ah, oh, nice. Yeah, man. I mean, I remember, yeah, like you were still in a full-time job when you started with us. Yeah, man. And it's then only- we transitioned out and it was pretty yeah. tough and stuff like that. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, I think a lot of, I think for you specifically, because I work with clients all over the world. And uh, if, if, if there was like a, a scale mm-hmm. on the very, very left side, on the super unconservative side, is people from the US. They're like they sign up for a program and they're like, I'm quitting my job, and we're like, whoa, <laughs> whoa, yeah, let's make some money for you know, so yeah. be a little bit more conservative. And for you, it was the other extreme. Yeah. 100%. Because I feel like also probably Japanese culture yeah. played a little bit of a role in there.
0: Yeah, definitely, man.
1: So how how does that work? It's like, is entrepreneurship not seen as something that people should do
0: or how is it perceived? People tend to I I think I in general, I think people take less risks here. Mm. There's a lot of, you know, social pressure, you know, your from your parents, from your family, from your friends, you know. So I think it is harder for um people brought up in Japan to, you know, take that step to do their own thing. I think the hurdle's very high compared to the West. Mm. yeah but I think that's slowly changing you know people are more open to you know starting their own business or yeah. even you know doing something on the side of their full-time job you know that used to be kind of frowned upon in the mm. past but now people are kind of open to you know doing something on the side mm. with their full-time job so yeah I think it's slowly changing yeah but yeah, it was definitely hard for me at first You know, yeah. to get into that mindset was it like you didn't want to
1: disappoint your family or was it because like what exactly was holding you back
0: um. not Well, yeah, there was slight um, points about disappointing family as well. Obviously, your parents want, you know, the best for you. And then they want the safest option for you, you know, have a good job. Mm. You know, it's a good job. You can progress in your career, have a good life, I guess. But I just knew deep down that's not what I wanted. And if I wanted to take a risk, it has to be now, you know, not mm. when I'm like past 30, you know. Mm. So it kind of came to a point that I was like... Yeah, just have to do it. Plus, it's not like I was jumping into something some black hole, right? Yeah. I already had this business on the side built up and you know, I was making way more than my full-time job where I was working 8 to 10 hours a day. So, mm. kind of seemed like a logical decision for me. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, to be fully honest, you know, to be fully honest and transparent like I'm really I'm really fucking happy that you did it, man. Thanks, and man. I'm really proud that we did it. And because you and I, we talked very intensely around that time. I remember it specifically when you're like, hey, this is quitting my job, I'm gonna tell yeah. my boss now, I'm gonna talk to my father and so on and so forth. Yeah. And I wasn't sure if you were gonna go through it. I was hoping you were gonna go through it, but you know, this is the first time we hang out. Yeah. This is like the first hour we ever hang out together in, in person, and um, you know, I don't know how strong is is social conditioning within someone. Mm-hmm. I don't know how, how strong your relationship is to your parents and stuff like that, but seeing seeing you now and um i mean uh, this is this is months later after we i can't remember when you quit your job yeah, either, roughly
0: last may, end of may so, so it's almost a year it's ago. almost a year yeah
1: so it's like seeing you almost a year later and you look good you look fresh you you, you the energy i'm getting from you is, is relatively relaxed thanks man. and um and also seeing that you know it worked out man like just numbers wise I, yeah. i'm really fucking happy man yeah thank you very much
0: i mean it's all because of you guys you know
1: also so, because of your yeah. execution you know oh it's yeah. oh, it's it's a t- t-
0: t- two-way street you know so yeah. how much did you make exactly in uh, last month last month i did 21k us dollars so man. that was a record for me but i can still do way more much yeah, yeah. better i still have Obviously. so much um to improve You know, mentally and execution wise. So, yeah, but I'm very grateful for where I am now. And yeah, looking forward to the journey. Yeah, I I just feel like I'm starting out. So,
1: that's a beautiful feeling, man. You know, I've been feeling like I'm starting out for 10 freaking years now. Yeah. I write this a lot on Instagram and it almost becomes a cliche. Yet I'm feeling like I'm still starting, but it really freaking feels like that for me. Just like you said, like, I'm like, I feel like I'm standing on a mountaintop and I'm looking back and I'm like, wow, I, I walked all this fucking way, holy shit. But at the same time, I'm like, I have so much more energy to give. I can do this whole thing in three times more, let's fucking go. And um, it's almost like this like endless well of energy. You just reach out, grab a bunch of energy and reach out more and it doesn't get less. Mm-hmm. In fact, it almost becomes more. And um, I don't know when that well is gonna start to tilt and become mm-hmm. less. Maybe when I'm in my fifties or something mm-hmm. like that. But like, because um, a lot of people ask me, for example, like when do you want to retire and stuff like that. I'm like, I don't, I don't ever want to fully yeah, retire. Right. Yeah, I, I want to probably, you know, as I'm getting older, focus more on building a family. I want to cut back and say, you know what, top twenty percent of my clients, I'm gonna keep keep working with those. Cut the other eighty percent out or something like that. But I, I don't want to stop. It's it's just it makes me really happy and it keeps me sane. It keeps me humble, most importantly. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a beautiful ride, man. Yeah. I
0: think for guys, you know, it's important to have like a mission, you know, something you're working on. Mm. Otherwise, I don't know, like it gets boring, right? After yeah. a while, I'm sure you know because you travel all over the world. You know, have everything, you can do anything. So, like, how how how's that with you? Have you come to like a realization? You always there's something more than more to life than just like. The basic superficial things and traveling. 100%. 100%. It's like, uh, I talked to
1: a friend of mine earlier uh, last last week we were in Cyprus and she asked me like why, she asked me in a nice way. She's like, why are you so weird or something like that? (laughs) And I said, I'm an agent of chaos. (laughs) And um, the thing is, um, I want to do things that are weird just so I can say I did them. You know, it's like, hey, I did go to Korea to watch StarCraft Two finals, not necessarily because I feel this urge that I must watch the StarCraft Two finals, but I'm like, I don't know, when I die, I want to be like, oh, I went to Korea to watch StarCraft Two finals, or like, yeah, hey, I went to Japan for a full month for no reason. Like, is there anything? Sp- or even here, people ask me like, why did you come here for tourism? I'm like, no, I just wanted to be here once at least to check it out. Yeah. So a lot of it is for me is like. Uh, I want to look back at a at a life where I can say I did a lot of cool things, a lot of interesting things, and I did a lot of things just for the sake of doing them. Um, It's not because uh, wait, who said that? Was it was it uh, JFK who said like we want to go to the moon not because it's easy, but because it's hard? Um, So and and also on top of that, it's like because I can. Like if I can do something, why wouldn't I? Mm -hmm. And I'm such a person that is like uh, I talked to Primoš about this recently. I could like for me sitting at home completely alone for four months at a row is the definition of happiness. I am so happy when I'm by myself and I do the same things every day with the mm-hmm. same routine. I love that. Right. So by me forcing myself to do all kinds of different things and keep pushing and do new things with the business, that's how I balance my innate uh, drive to do to do the same thing over and over. Out. It balances out. So. And, and that's really cool. And specifically this year, man, we've done so many. It's what now? April? Probably by the time we drop this, might be May. But um, we've done so much this year already, man. We've we've hiked up uh, the freaking uh, Dolomites in 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 Italy. We just ski, snowboarded down and stuff like. Yeah, We're
0: going all over the place.
1: Yeah, uh, and it's so, such different climates. And then we yeah. went to Dubai, which is desert and hot, and then back to Austria. Actually, we we went from the from the sand dunes to the mountains within like 32 hours or something like that. <laughs> and, and, and then of course now Tokyo, which is city, it's just like I love this contrast. And it's funny because <laughs> I can say this here, it's a podcast, fuck it. Uh, both times when I was sitting on the flight, I cried just because um, it was the first moment where I had a minute with myself, like uninterrupted, <laughs> so to speak. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting in this little, booth or whatever they give you when you, when you, when you fly first class and like, nobody's there. I close the thing. I put the do not disturb on and I just cried because, um, I do so many things and I do them so fast that I, that I've I, even before I go to sleep, like I work, 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 work. And then I have like 20 minutes me time before I pass out, and then when I'm on this long-ass flight, I really get to reflect. I'm like, holy shit, the last two weeks, what did I do? Who did I meet? What did I achieve with the business? It's a very beautiful. I cried for joy, not for sadness. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's a really cool thing. Like, It's extremely fulfilling. And then also knowing that I'm not just doing this for myself, but I also get to share it. And I help other people achieve that too. And then, you know, I wake up, I get a message from a client or or people like you who are our clients that say like, hey, I did this, I did that. I'm like, cool, like I helped you on the way to get there. And that's also very fulfilling, you know?
0: Have you always been like that? You know, work, work, do, okay.
1: I think so. Uh, I uh, I was always really good at school because for me, I'm like, well, I need to study for the next, t- so sometimes I would finish an exam and I'll be like, when's the next exam? Oh, it's in three weeks. Let me already study for that because in my head, it was a lot about momentum and I didn't want to get weak and stuff like that. And yeah. um, and I think also like identity-wise, I've always identified myself as a hard worker, which is also a dangerous thing. I mean, I've talked ad nauseum about it as a, uh, I, had, I had a period where I was actually burnt out Mm-hmm. in 2015, 2016 after my third world tour. So it's also dangerous to identify yourself as a hard worker because when you then cannot work, you lose your identity and then like who am I and you feel really useless and you can fall into depression right. very quickly. Luckily enough, by the time I was burnt out, I had um, such large amounts of income and the income kept coming in from my info products at the mm-hmm. dating programs yeah. back then that I sold that it didn't matter when I just took two weeks off, did nothing. Right. Um, so that really helped as well. But yeah, as far as I can think back, I've always been a pretty hard worker, but then I I perfected it. It was not like I'm just, I'm just tapping into something that I've always had. I've built upon that. I've built the work ethic, the structure around that inner drive that I've always had. And if you ask my mom, she said like I've always built things. For me, it's mm-hmm. the building aspect that is really addictive. Um, we had this like little farm like farm animals, I still remember this. Like, like not, not an actual farm, sorry, like a toy farm. Mm-hmm. And you could you put the housey there and you put the straw balls here and you put the cow thing here. And w- all I did with that farm was I built it and then I tore it down and built it again. I never played with it. I just, right. and my mom said I kept building it and then tore it down and built it again. So that built, and then Lego. You know, mm-hmm. you have Lego here in Japan, right? Yeah, of course, yeah. Love Lego to death. Yeah. I love build, this, this just building.
0: Love the building.
1: Yeah. It's great. The, Loving the process, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The process. Yeah. And the, you know, the video games that made me by far the most addicted were builders, like city building games and shit like that. Yeah. Like, I love uh, Minecraft. No, never Minecraft. I never oh, got into that, right. thank okay. God, because I probably wouldn't be here if I had got into that. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, so that, like, I love, and, for- and then at some point uh, in the dating coaching times, I kind of realized, like, hey, this is just like this video game where I'm building stuff. I'm building subscribers on YouTube, I'm mm-hmm. building content on YouTube, I'm building uh, content on Instagram. It's almost like I'm just building this tower and it never stops. And I got so addicted to it, and I'm addicted to it to this day. Just building, sharing, building, sharing. Mm. And uh, I'm luckily lucky enough in a in a man. The coffee makes me red like crazy. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm lucky enough that um, I live in a weird place in time and civilization where I get rewarded for this, mm. for where I get rewarded just sharing my life and 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 sharing the lessons that I got because. 30 40 years ago maximum what i could have done is sell a book i guess write a book yeah. and sell that but i like the media aspect too so i'm pretty happy about that how about you well, did you always did you were you always a hard worker how was it for you
0: definitely yeah i was always a hard worker i did well in school you know i studied mm-hmm. a lot um i'm good at focusing on one thing so when i was in school i knew i wanted to go to a good university so that was my goal for like five years so i just worked hard you know always getting good grades and got into the university that i wanted to so yeah i've definitely been a hard worker my whole life do
1: you think that was something that is has been given to you by culture or
0: by your parents or was it something that was innate within you i think it's been within me since I was Hmm. like, since I can remember, I always liked working hard Hmm. and yeah, I always liked working hard since I can remember, but I think there's cultural as well. You know, we study a lot. My parents, you know, um, encouraged me to study, you know, uh, Asian, not, not typical Asian household, but you know, my mom's Japanese. So I did study like, since I was like pretty young. So yeah. yeah, that as well. But I think it's just me, my personality. I like working hard, seeing results. You know, that's why I got into working out as well. You know, yeah. you work hard, you get muscles. You know, get you get rewarded for your actions. I, so it's one of the greatest feelings, I think. It, dude, it, it. I think it's so important as a young
1: man, probably also as a young girl. But I can of course relate more to to men. Yeah. Um, to get something, for example, fitness, that is that teaches you to be long form oriented, that teaches you um, long form gratification instead of short form mm-hmm. gratification. Because you go to the gym once, you see no progress. Yeah. You know? You're know, you still a fat fuck with no muscles. So you really have to stick to it for like a couple months till you see the first results. And then it's usually other people noticing first before mm-hmm. you see it. And you know, I mean you said you've got into when you were fourteen or something. Yeah. As a fourteen year old to learn, hey, you gotta do something for months before you see a single result visibly, such an invaluable lesson, man. And and a lot of you know if you look at a lot of 14 year olds they don't get that they're hooked on super short form tiktok Mm. bullshit
0: you know yeah it must be crazy these days because when i was 14 we didn't have you know instagram scrolling like if i had that when i was 14 i probably wouldn't be able to study you know (laughs) crazy back then at least you know it was just like youtube you know yeah so even if you got distracted it's not short form content so i could still concentrate. Like yeah. looking back now, I think I was probably more, you know, focused back then. Yeah, yeah, now. yeah. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> yeah, like it's
1: you're crazy, like, man. Like people's brain chemistry gets fucked up yeah. nowadays. It's, and that's why for example, podcasts are so powerful because it's like shut up, sit down and listen to this yeah. <laughs> for yeah. like an hour, you know, or yeah. two or whatever. That's why I think it, it I think what's happening is there's going to be a separation, just like a separation between rich and poor, Mm -hmm. there's gonna be a separation between people who can focus for long-term and people who cannot. So, because you can see that on one hand, you see things like TikTok, YouTube Shorts, and all that going further away from long-form content, Mm -hmm. going more into short-form content, algorithm, you know, I mean, we teach this. We live, yeah. we are part of the problem. So we're like, yo, first two seconds, the hook needs to be super on point. You need to have emojis, you need to have sound effect. We are, we're ruining the humankind. It's like my, my grandkids, like, the world is like destroyed, you know, my grandkids is like, so what did you do to stop the advancement of advanced algorithms, grandpa? And I'm like, oh, I was part of that. <laughs> all hail the algorithm overlords. <laughs> but you do
0: go- give good advice on how to deal with it as well, you know? Like-
1: yeah, the, well, the key is to be on the on the, on the the production yeah. side, not the consumption Rating side.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And then on the other hand, though, what else do you see on the rise? You see things like Joe Rogan podcast, yeah. which is like three hours, just some dude, some meathead Joe Rogan talking to some other guy for three and a half fucking hours while getting high on mushrooms, which is insane. It's beautiful. And then on top of that, Parallelly to that you have the fight against mainstream narrative mainstream mainstream media and I mean you can see mainstream media struggling yeah there's it's funny uh, a an Austrian uh, a pretty big Austrian channel reached out to me and they have a, a a tv show where they're following it's called young money they're following young entrepreneurs that have made a lot of money and they're following them around and show kind of their lifestyle and stuff like that so they found me on Instagram, messaged me, right. and I hopped on a call with them. And I'm like, "Well, what are your view rates?" Because I honestly want well, to know. You're a big mainstream channel in Austria. In fact, before I hopped on a call with them, I sent them the proposal I sent to my to my family because they're they still live in Austria, and they're all like, "Holy shit!" Like I know this TV show. They want you on the holy shit. So they were clearly something legit, and I'm like, "What's your view rate?" And she's like, "Oh yeah, we got whatever five percent market share." And I'm like, "I don't care about the market share. Tell me how many viewers you get." Mm. Because I don't think you get a lot, and they wouldn't tell me. She said she can't, she doesn't know. But I'm like, you fucking know. No, of course she knows. Tell me the goddamn. Because like, they probably get like whatever ten thousand views max.
0: That's nothing. Austria, small
1: country too, you know. And I'm like, yo, I get ten thousand views on a fucking yeah. real or Instagram yeah. story, you know. On so some I don't need. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I don't need to be on your damn show, yeah. and and put my. And put my trust into you, so you cut it together, and make me look good. Yeah, that's another thing, right? They can cut it up and yeah. they you know, can make all of their so, agenda. Yeah. So. so I'm like, I don't need you, man. Like, yeah. uh, in fact, the ROI is probably even negative because I need to spend so much time with you idiots and and ask all your super dumb questions because they said like we have to follow you for like six months. And the funny thing is, I looked at one of the episodes for season one. They wanted me to be on season two. And they, and um, this is a good part for reels. By the way, we're gonna cut this into some sick reels. Max, total bashing, mainstream media. <laughs> so they, they like um, they wanted me on season two, and I looked at the uh, at season one, and I'm like, okay, like per person that they're featuring, it's about five to seven minutes. And I'm like, you're following me for six months, mm. and you're cutting out the the best five to seven minutes that fit into your narrative. Mm. Why would I do that? Yeah, six because. Months. The time I spend for six months, the six freaking months that I have to spend on fucking having you showing you around, I could shoot ads. I would make so much more money off that. So that, so you're not making me any money. Number one. Number two, you're not getting me any fucking engagement because I at this time I spend with you, I can shoot 400 reels, and they probably get me a hundred times more views, literally a hundred x more views than the shit you're gonna give me. So, you tell me. You can't even share with me your view numbers. Forget about it. Yeah. Go find some other influencer chode. Yeah. Do they, do they even pay you? That's the thing. Of course, they probably, I, that, we didn't even get that oh, far. Okay. You didn't but I'm pretty far. sure right. either, first of all, they would have never paid me because they're like, well, you got engagement from it. Yeah. Second of all, they might have even asked for money then too. It's like, oh, you have to pay the production, whatever. I'm like, fuck, fuck am I gonna <laughs> yeah. pay? No You're return that, for you. Yeah, zero. Yeah. It's, it's, way, it's costing me money, just yeah. an opportunity cost. But uh, yeah, has that ever happened to you? Any
0: any mainstream? Not people? at the moment, no, not mainstream yet. But you're pretty big, and I mean, I mean, do do you get recognized when you walk um, down the street? Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes. No way. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes at the gym. Sometimes on the street. What not Not everywhere, all the time, you know. But sometimes, yeah. I mean, Tokyo is like
1: 34 million people or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Biggest city in the world, man. Yes. Uh, yeah. So what
0: do they say when they when they meet you? They just say, like, "Oh, it's Alec. Hi, nice meeting. I watch you. You know, just get a photo." that's it pretty much it's pretty chill you know? have, have you ever had a uh, weird request um, yeah sometimes um, I've had at the gym where they want to work out with me so they want to <laughs> jump in and to work out with me you know follow my routine um, I'm cool with that you know I'm yeah that's just, cute like, sure that's okay funny. cool you know just spot me you know maybe get a video for me
1: oh that's funny <laughs> you know? oh that's so, cool man you know,
0: value, give value take you know
1: yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. what are your what, here's what I want to know so we talked about your parents and it feels to me like they really made sure you get, like, a really good um, uh, education. They sent you to all these schools. Yeah. Yeah. Did that come from you where you said, I want to go to this school? Or did they say, hey, we're going to send you to this school?
0: No, obviously, they guided me in, in the right path. But at the end of the day, it was my decision to... Hmm go where I want it, go overseas. You know, Actually, it was a pretty big step when I was 13. I just grew up in Japan. My English wasn't as good because 80, 90% was Japanese. I just mm. spoke English with my dad when I came back home. So it was a big step for me to step out of my comfort zone, leave home, go to New Zealand, from Japan to New Zealand. You know, that was <laughs> mind blowing for me. And back then there was no social media, mm. you know, so you felt very far away. It's not like you can just contact FaceTime your yeah, 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 yeah. parents. So it's like once a week Skype call but i think that really contributed to me growing as a person you know after that i can go anywhere like adapt very easily mm-hmm. um that's a that's where i developed my work ethic as well you know just do what you can make the best out of the situation you know it's funny because
1: <clears throat> i can or, or one can see it in someone's eyes if they've been through a lot and they're very secure in uncomfortable situations. And you see when someone has grown up very sheltered and you can tell Hmm. one slight deviation from the norm for this guy or girl, will throw them off. And I can see it in your face or in your demeanor, in your eyes, that it's hard to throw you off because you've been the idiot for so many, like you go to New Zealand, you barely speak English, you're the idiot there, you know? Uh, You've been through a lot of shit I could tell, and and I could feel that you have this like inner trust in like, oh, no matter what's gonna happen, I'll be fine. And you can really, you can see that in people's eyes. Yep. And 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 I think that's like one of the biggest skills that a lot of kids don't have. Mm. And I see this too, like with a lot of clients, they're just like, they come and they're completely, I don't know how to say it in English, wet behind the ears. If you say that, uh, you do say it they in German, but, of that. or green <laughs> behind the ears, something like that. Yeah. You can see like, yo, like for that person, just the fact that they have to, that they are building a business now and that they have to be responsible, that, that's like the first time they ever do something like that. And uh, it of course works if they stick to it if they really yeah. want it. But if you get someone they, I mean, dude, I've had a, a, a setter once apply for us. He worked for us for like half a year or something like that. Mm-hmm. And one thing, uh, one question I always ask for sales reps that wanna start with us, I'm like, what's the worst thing that has ever happened in your life and what did you get out of it? and most people say like something super vanilla like oh when i finished school it was really hard to get a job you know like some super bullshit. and this guy was like yeah i had a virus and it ate like 40 percent of my muscle mass Shit. yeah yeah and i you know <laughs> that is tragic it, it ate away like four percent of my muscle mass and then you know i beat the virus and i built it back up and like you know and i'm like holy just the way they said it like yeah it happened Fuck it and um and that things like that are really fucking crazy.
0: That is, but now he's conditioned to deal with any yeah. other bullshit, he's right? He's like, that's okay, like,
1: this might suck, <laughs> but yo, it's not eating nothing, my muscle yeah. mass. <laughs> yeah. you, know? like, you have something but, to compare it to, right? <laughs> yeah. And it's crazy how life works in the ways like some people get hit full on with this. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, here's your muscle mass just being eaten up, go deal with it. And other people are like, yo, the worst thing that's ever happened to you is that you finish high school. And now you gotta find a job it's so weird that people are on complete opposite extremes you know but uh yeah what do your what do your parents say now i mean i remember we talked pretty pretty intensely when you were about to quit your job and stuff like that to make sure that your your parents are cool with it what do they think now
0: um now they're supportive they're like please do your best you know um wish you all the best um they're supportive yeah that's beautiful yeah they're not nagging me with like yeah, negative comments anymore not too much yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. do no, they do, do you uh, have you invited them out for dinner or something yeah like yeah that? I just met them yesterday actually they were in Tokyo oh, so yeah we went for dinner actually yesterday was a chill dinner the day before we went for Italian huge meal so I actually fasted <laughs> the day after oh <laughs> nice yeah, yeah yeah so yeah we hang out I go back to Hokkaido where they're based um, that's my home Wait, where you
1: from. were there two days ago
0: no no I was in they came to Tokyo ah, so, okay. yeah okay. we met up yeah go for dinner nice yeah. good relationship just wait like till you buy a roly for your dad or something like that you know yeah i can't wait to do that
1: yeah, yeah. i, I want to do it but it's you know i still want to i need to wait to be on the waiting list forever till i can get my dad a, a roly. but uh i probably
0: will give him one person in soon. japan you can get there's a lot of i've seen it, shops so
1: wait so can you go to, because you, we've talked about this, uh, you can yeah. go to these little boutiques and sometimes they have a role there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, what about the actual roly
0: store there? Like the Rolex store? Those are, yeah, same story, you know. It's waiting, list yeah, waiting list Yeah, waiting list, yeah, same story. Yeah, yeah. yeah Unfortunately, that yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's worldwide. I mean, maybe I'll buy
1: one in one of these boutiques. Uh, the one that I yeah. sent you, yeah, yeah. Uh I didn't like it after all. I had some okay. of my, my, my Roly friends check it and they're like, ah, yeah, I've never seen
0: good. that one. It was very unique.
1: It's it's an older model apparently, and yeah. here's why I didn't want to buy, it, which is very weird. I didn't even tell you pretty much. So the lady said it's a twenty twenty two model. And I sent it to one of my Rolly friends, and he's like, First of all, that model is older. It's like mm. two thousand sixteen or something, or two thousand six. Plus, which is really weird, is like he said the box and the card. They changed them after 2019, and this is still the old box and card. So if the lady really mm-hmm. s- told you it's 22.2, well, she's lying, mm-hmm. or she didn't know for lack of a better, yeah. you know. So that kind of threw me off, and I'm okay, like, uh, I don't want to invest in a. I mean, it was only 9k or something like that, but um plus the take other.
0: I to a few other stores. Dude, like- 100 you- percent, man, 100 yeah, percent. I, I want to. Get one as well.
1: But, yeah? yeah, a second one. Yeah, want to get a second one. Dude, let's go. <laughs> let's, let's go roll shell. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, let's do it. I mean, it would be cool, you know. Just get a watch and, and oh, I got that in Japan, you know. Man, I want to get a tattoo and and a watch. That just oh yeah, tattoo. Yeah, here.
0: yeah, yeah. What were you gonna get again? Uh,
1: the forest bathing. Oh yeah, yeah. What well, is how, that in Japanese? Um, wait, i shin,
0: Shinrin yoku.
1: Yes, yeah, I think so. Yeah. That
0: one, Shin yeah. something, yeah. yeah. Why, why, why did you want to get that? Where did you come up with the idea? Well, I it's go- very <laughs> random. I Googled. Everybody always thinks I have these super deep thoughts for my tattoos, I you just, know? You just don't.
1: I Googled, like, cool Japanese words. <laughs> And then I found a top 10 list. And this one was the first one I read. And I'm like, that is cool, man. <laughs> and then I asked you. I yeah. sent, I'm sent, i like, hey, do you know this word? And you're like, yeah, yeah forest bathing. And yeah, I'm like, hey, yeah, it makes right. sense. It makes sense. At least
0: you're not going to get something that's like outrageous. That doesn't make any sense. Nah, you no, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's yeah. why, like, if we're get a tattoo, you got to come with us. Just yeah. to make
1: sure he's not writing something yeah, yeah. stupid foreigner or something. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's weird. This whole tattoo thing, it threw me off so much when... I go to the gym, I sign up. And it was funny already because the guy we had to use like Google Translate on his iPad and stuff like that. And then, you know, Boeing all the time. It was super yeah. cool. And then and then I get ready. I'm like, I sign up, blah blah blah. I ask him where I can where I can get dressed. He shows me, and then I take my sweater off. And then he's like he's like Oh my god. He's like, hey, sorry, sorry. And he shows me on the on the translating things like Is it possible to cover to hide your tattoos? And he's like super apologetic, like Boeing, and, you know? And I'm like, ah, oh, I guess we are in Japan. Yeah. So I'm like, uh, I mean, I can put my hoodie on, you know? So he's like, yes, please. And then I put my hoodie on. So now I have to work out of my hoodie. Uh, I have to buy like a long sleeve shirt. I just haven't had the time. But um, that was that was like a little bit of a culture moment there, you know? Yeah,
0: that's normal here. Yeah. You gotta hide your tattoos. In so funny, man, so funny.
1: I mean, I totally respect it. That's why I had no problem. I'm like, yeah, I don't wanna uh, annoy anybody or yeah. disrespect anybody. So I just work
0: out in my hoodie here. But uh, yeah, it's super weird, man. That's yeah, great because some people, you know, cause a scene. You know, if they're, oh they're yeah, I like, no, I'm want to work out in my tank top. I don't care. Damn. But, yeah, that's good. Good for you. For yeah, yeah. For I, 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 it's funny when I'm in Europe, I'm an
1: asshole. I'm, I skip <laughs> lines. Pretty much told you earlier. I'm just like I have no time to wait in a damn line. You know, and here, here I'm like a lamb. I'm like I don't want to offend anybody. I <laughs> like, respect waiting in
0: line is for broke people, right? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> i mean i remember we were in uh, we were in dubai and uh we were super in a rush too i mean remember we had the, the whole the thing reservation and we were karting, and uh some some british couple was talking to the karting lady and i just needed to know the wi-fi because we need to call an uber and i just like they were talking to the reception and i'm like hey excuse me can you give me the wi-fi and this british guy was like excuse me we're in line here and i'm like i look at him and i'm like no, thank you. <laughs> and he he was just like, yeah. "What does that mean?" No, thank you. Um, so yeah, but I would ne- I would never do that here. I just don't want to be this cliche, stupid foreigner that disrespects the culture yeah. and stuff like that. And and I hope I'm not. I hope I haven't done anything by accident that is like you know like disrespectful and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, that's that's how it is, man. And um, you work with with only Japanese clients, right?
0: I've actually worked with one um, overseas client, but mm. I do mainly work with Japanese. That was a one-off where he contacted me and he wanted to work with yeah. me. But yeah, Japanese. Before. I mean, how... So when I look at like
1: Japanese nutrition, it's a lot of a lot of carbs and not much Yeah. Pro- so do, is it weird when you tell these guys like, yo, you need to like switch that around and eat much more protein or how exactly?
0: Yeah, so my basic appro- approach to fitness is being flexible, mm. right? So obviously, yeah, if they're eating a lot of carbs you know they're gonna have to kind of reduce that increase more protein but it's not as hard as you think these days you know japan's pretty health conscious as well Mm. so if you go to a convenience store they have you know chicken Mm. they have salad bowls you know like five ten years ago they didn't have any of these things yeah they even have protein shakes in the convenience stores so Mm. it's got pretty convenient people are more health conscious so yeah it's not as hard as you think it was the same in europe man like
1: you couldn't get protein shakes anywhere like you'd have to go to like some gym store yeah. you know where some buffed up guy was in there yeah. like in some corner <laughs> and now you go to any grocery store i mean who knows how good these damn protein shakes are that yeah. they sell at. but at least it's good to like see that they're more yeah. aware of this stuff but, you
0: know. japan's definitely been like probably the slowest compared to oh yeah the rest of the world Yeah, like even gyms now you go to any time but like this is very recent like five years ago there wasn't we oh, do have so many gyms. Like in yeah. our area, there's
1: like yeah. six gyms
0: in walking yeah. distance. It's crazy. So it's really changed a lot.
1: Where do you work out here?
0: I work out at any time, mainly. Ah, okay, same. Yeah, yeah, same. It's convenient, you know, 24 hours, seven days a week. You can use different places. So yeah. it works out for me. Is there like a... I kind of want to... This is actually a sick idea. Is there like a
1: sick... Like in some skyscraper with a sick view kind of gym somewhere? Like a, Like a super expensive
0: yeah yeah i think i know a few yeah we can go there we can do work out we should go there.
1: pretty much we should go there and shoot a video together yeah let's like do it. working out with alec you know like that yeah, would be so sick man let's do it yeah, yeah like some baller dude baller i but gyms. i need to get a proper long sleeve shirt for that thing i think there you might get away with it yeah 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 dude i'm really might. tattooed like you know like arms you and stuff. might get away with it yeah, yeah
0: you might. <laughs>
1: i don't want to piss anybody (laughs) off i'll i'll wear the the long sleeve shirt man i can't see the muscles though yeah (laughs) actually actually (laughs) i think i I think it still looks really good when you wear something super tight long sleeve and it's just like filled out and stuff like that what do your clients mostly want because they're i i guess they're all like kind of like skinny androgynous kind of style and they want to build more muscle how does it work
0: yeah um A lot of overweight clients also Mm. skinny clients um yeah people mainly they want to gain muscle and lose fat i mean that's what most guys want right they want to get ripped and have muscle at the same time so yeah um some clients need to lose you know 10 20 kilos some just have to lose a few and then main gain Mm. so it depends but yeah mostly same goals lose fat um get shredded build muscle get strong feel better in the daily Mm. life and also being able to maintain that themselves because a lot of people the work culture here is pretty intense you know Mm. Um, people work long hours so and they go out for drinks after work etc that's part of the culture so being able to manage that to your diet—that's um, super key to maintain. So that's where a lot of people fall off. You know, they do their meal plans; they're super rigid. But as soon as you know some drinking party comes up, they kind of go off the rail. Go haywire, and just, yeah, yeah, and just ends up you know not sticking to anything. So that's where I come in and help them. You Boom. Know. Yeah. I mean, I've seen
1: that here, like. You know, I always do, like, 10K steps a day, and then sometimes I work until, like, midnight-ish, and then I still do my evening walk. Mm-hmm. And I see, like, people coming home from freaking work. Yeah. They're, like, with the the yeah. suitcase, yeah. the work suitcase, and the, the, the tie. And I'm like, yo, it's half past midnight, dude. And then, they're, like you said, they go to the bars together. There's always this group of, like, four or five people yeah. dressed yeah. In, in work clothes, and they go to the
0: bar have a couple drinks. Yeah. That used to be me man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Dude. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What did you what did you do exactly for? I mean, you? I was an engineer in a big company. No so shit. Yeah, I was a salaryman for two and a half years. So. What did you engineer? What did you build? Um mainly um plants, so factories. Damn. Um were making drinks. So mainly energy saving, cost saving kind of project. Okay, so. wait, okay.
1: Walk me through. So as a as a salaryman as you call it, like when do you get up? What do you do when you come
0: home? So um we get up, I mean, it depends where you live, but I always didn't want to transport in the train, you know, the rush hour. Yeah. Have you seen those videos where they jam, British, jam, jam people it. into the train? So I didn't want any of that. So I lived nearby to the office, so I could just walk there, you know, five minutes. So if I had to get into the office by nine, you know, get up at seven thirty eight, eight, just um, go to the gym if I had to that day, um, yeah. if I felt like I couldn't go at night. Um, I don't eat breakfast so Hmm. I just get changed go to the office a bit early and then yeah man just standard work until lunchtime go for lunch with colleagues work in the office until 5.30 depending on the project maybe until 8.00 9.00 and then go back home because it wasn't too bad yeah there was
1: no midnight home yeah so for
0: me it wasn't too bad so it depends on the company so my company was considered quite um (laughs) quite chill not chill but yeah quite friendly like they were very um they took care of us you know Hmm. um so, yeah, I didn't have it too tough. That's why I could work on my business on the side ah, as well. Ah, nice. So, and also, you know, the COVID hit. So, they started implementing working from home. Mm, so, that helped yeah. a lot as well. And the, you are these other companies, they're just like, fuck it. You're here until midnight. Fuck it. Some, yeah, Damn. depending on the industry. But these days, not as much as before. Pretty strict on overtime work. So, that why do you think is that? Like, they stepped
1: in because too many people just yeah, there were a lot of sick? Or...
0: Yeah, you see some news, you know, someone... You know, committing suicide, and it's kind of becoming a big issue. So, yeah, countries stepping in, setting rules and guidelines. Ah, so they're kind of counteracting that yeah, now. Exactly. Yeah. So, because I still
1: remember, like, I when I was still in school, that's what we learned about Japan. Yeah. About like in, insane work hours, people jumping out the windows and shit like yeah, that yeah. all the time. Like that was like 15 years ago. Yeah, not as much these mm-hmm. days. It's mm-hmm. definitely getting better, man. Damn, interesting. Yeah. You know what? You know what's ah one thing I wanted to do, I wanted to ask you is like do you are you a fan of fast cars
0: yeah i mean i yeah i don't own one yet but yeah i love fast cars
1: because dude there is so do you you know the video game gran turismo i do not it's just a racing game but a super famous like it's famous for like not just like some stupid arcade bullshit but like actually a uh like a simulation kind of game on a ps4 ps5 and there's a track called Tokyo Speedway, Tokyo Highway, or something like okay. that. So it's, you actually drive at night through Tokyo. Oh right. Okay. And it's like through the highway or some shit, right, and right. it's like covered off, so it's like a race. Is it bridge? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. It's so. And I think actually when we drove from uh, Han- Haneda Airport, yep. Haneda, yeah. I, I'm like, dude, I noticed this corner. Like, this is from the fucking video <laughs> yeah. game. So what I want to do, I'm not sure if it's possible, because I, I can't drive here because I don't have an international driving license. Mm. We should rent a sick car. Like a fast car, like a Porsche or some GT or some yeah. I show him the. Yes, yeah, hey, yeah 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So, you have a driving license, right? Yeah, I do. Yeah, we can do that. No, I was actually Dude. gonna ask you that if you were keen to do that.
1: Dude, really? Yeah. You had yeah. the same idea. Yeah, Dude, yeah. let's freaking go. <laughs> so we're gonna rent the car. I'm gonna rent it. I'll pay for it. Don't worry. And you drive it. Sick. Let's and do then it. we'll drive it at night. We it has to be at night okay yeah let's probably do when no, there's like less possible what is the speed restrictions here are they super strict i mean yeah <laughs> laughing yeah. his last words you I mean, know
0: on, on, the, on the camera yeah i'll say it's super strict yes all but, right uh, we gotta keep keep it yeah
1: what what is the maximum here 102 120 no i can't go that fast man no yeah, it's less probably like 80 on the highway highway
0: yeah Eighty God damn to it you yeah. guys
1: got no chill
0: but you know depending on the time yeah yeah maybe some wiggle do room we
1: totally gotta do can you can you message claudia to start finding cars
0: <laughs> I, I, I know a few oh you know uh, dude yeah. what do you think can we rent here um there's mclaren mclaren dude um, can <laughs> let's do go. lambo oh
1: yeah. my god yeah man a- anything yeah let's do it dude i never never been in a mclaren man lambo tried a couple times i to do ones. um
0: non-roof yeah that will be nice nice dude, weather man dude let's go time. man dude yeah.
1: Oh my God, sick, it's going to be so sick. That. All right. Because, you know, that's a, that, to get back to what I said earlier, that's one of these like totally useless but epic experiences. Yeah. Like, hey, this one time, me and my Japanese friend, we just <laughs> rented a, a McLaren. <laughs> <laughs> and then what we got to do is we got to find. Can you do this on Google Maps? We got to find the route and then pre uh, plan it into Google Maps. So we drive the exact Gran Turismo Tokyo yeah, yeah, Speedway. We can do the, yeah that would be so Circuit. sick yeah let's go man because that's such a crazy thing like um you guys have this crazy tuning culture here with like where the cars have like uh they have lights underneath and stuff because that's illegal in europe you can't oh have is light. it yeah super stupid oh, shit. Didn't yeah yeah that. no here they're like they have these sick led lights yeah, on yeah. lambos and shit like that yeah
0: there's a whole culture Dude, yeah, it's insane. Like, I, I want to personally, I don't really like it. Um, oh, I love it. Um, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, there's like taste.
1: over the top lights <laughs> yeah. everywhere. This is so like neon lights and shit. You know where we could get into the underground area? Like, are like- I don't, but I can research and dude, you know, fine, dude. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you, you're you invited to join us on all these things on all right, these great, stupid man. tours. Do you think? Yeah, let's do it, let's like, like full on. That that's my favorite Fast and the Furious is Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. Yeah, it's sick. Best one yeah. where he, this random white guy gets indoctrinated into this cool <laughs> drifting scene and they're like, yeah. you know, he it's not so important if you're fast, it's more important how much you drift. And uh, and then they drift up the mountain, out the city. Man, what a great freaking
0: movie, man! Yeah, man. Go Shibuya crossing. Too. Probably, yes, it's they probably. Do. Yeah. Oh, you do? You know, Shibuya crossing drifting. <laughs> Can't do that, unfortunately. But yeah, yeah, ah, yeah. <laughs> oh, maybe we'll see.
1: No, no, maybe. I mean, they probably they probably like locked the area and shit when yeah, they filmed yeah. that. Yeah, definitely, yeah. man. It's the busiest crossing in the world, so. <laughs> I mean, dude, we da- what we did in Cyprus was epic. We rented a- the whole track. They're, like, ra- so so random. Like, he just found the guy who manages the track, and the guy's like, yeah, just come in. I'll open it just for you. Oh, sick. So we rented the whole track, and with, like, a modified Honda Civic, it looked super shitty. Like, the car, like, a Honda Civic, you know? Like, the paint wasn't consistent. Like, you know, it had different body parts on it. And then he turns it on, and it's like... <laughs> and it was manual and i love yeah. manual yeah. but i love manual when i'm sitting on the normal side of the car which is sitting on the left side left for you yeah but because it's cyprus you sit on the right side so i had to i had to gear shift with the left hand which is really threw me off yeah that must be pretty hard yeah, yeah. but but it was holy shit and it was the first time for me driving a, a, a car on a racetrack
0: and uh damn is it different yeah it is- i'm is it like at an angle where you can go super fast on the corner? No, no, it
1: was no. not a banked corner, but okay. it was still like, it was it, w- it was like, okay, there's no like, you just go as fast as you want, but if you go off, you're fucked. Mm. So, you know, like third or fourth lap, I start pushing the car more, because the first ones you just try to get the yeah, track, and stuff. And I start right. pushing the car more and I get out of this corner and the rear starts slipping and you're just like, whoa, cause you're like super fast, you know? Yeah. And it's not your car. And I had a girl sitting next to me and I'm just like, oh my God, like I'm gonna kill us, you know? So you you sweat, like your blood pumps pretty damn quick. Yeah, you get that
0: adrenaline, right? Totally. How it, fast were you going? The dude, uh,
1: what was the fast rate? I think 150, not super, 150, not super yeah, fast, but pretty fast. it's the fast, the way you go through the corner, that just yeah. fucking crazy because you're like, I mean, the girl that sat next to me, she was like flying left. She was (laughs) like holding on and like screaming the whole time. And um, because the G-forces are just like crazy. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you try to find the right racing line between the things. And then once you hit the curb a little weird and the car just slips for half a second. And then, I mean, you drove it too. And then there's like two or three times you have this moment where you're like, this is it, we're gonna crash. And you just kind of brace for impact. And then like last second the car starts gripping again and you're yeah. fine and you're just like, oh my God, what did <laughs> what, what just <laughs> happened, you know?
0: Um, it's an insane feeling, insane. And you try to be careful after that, but you again, start going fast. Exactly, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: It, feeling. It, it, yeah. what a crazy experience. I definitely wanna do this more often and stuff like that. And maybe even with, with other cars. And dude, we also we should also go karting here. Have you ever done karting? Yeah, I have. Yeah, it's are there fun. sick super tracks fun. here
0: um, in Tokyo? I don't know, but there must be. So I'll, I'll mm. look it up. We can do. Dude,
1: I'm down, man. Go yeah. karting. You know, I brought my own balaclava. You know the. ou you too. The oh, I, OU2. I bring it everywhere I go. The what is it called? The mask thing that you put on. Under, yeah, underneath. Yeah, yeah. I always bring it, and then people are like, "Wait a minute, you brought your own? What the hell are you doing? You're <laughs> professional, mate. Yeah. What do, you, what do you usually do, like, in your, in your spare time here in Tokyo? Um,
0: I mean, obviously work out. Um, I go out with friends. I don't drink too much these mm-hmm. days, but I do enjoy, you know, going out, getting a drink in a nice place where you went, like, kind of place where you went yesterday. I you love know, with, that. With a girl, or with the guys, you know. Sometimes go karaoke, although I can't sing. You <laughs> know. It's still fun to, you know, yell some rap. Yeah, man, uh, I eat a lot. Yeah, I love. Damn right, man. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I came to Japan, you know, because of the food. Oh, really? No shit. Yeah, yeah. So getting back to the reason why I decided to come to Japan, mm. just the food, man. Mm. You know, I was in the UK, you know. I mean I, the
1: worst place ever if you like
0: food is to yeah, feel the food food's super important to your well being and mm. just your happiness. <laughs> so that's one of the reasons. Yeah. So you, I, yeah. you say it like that
1: nonchalantly. You're the first person who ever says that to me. Yeah, hey, yeah. food is important to your damn well being. Yeah. And like I've never heard someone move somewhere. <laughs> among other reasons, for for One food. of the reasons, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah but damn, that's beautiful,
0: man. Yeah, man. Yeah. Is,
1: is this also part of Japanese culture, or is that just personal from no, you saying? No, definitely.
0: I know a lot of friends that they're overweight before when they were in Japan, but they went to university for like a year in the UK. They come back, they're like skinny as fuck. Really? <laughs> yeah. the so yeah, because the food is just so cheap. <laughs> and here you just walk out, and you can literally get you know so much food just so conveniently. Yeah. But, you know, in the UK everything's shut at like 5 p.m. on Sundays. You know, 8 p.m. Everything's shut. That's also true. Yeah.
1: Dude, we were here. Like, you go around here at like midnight, and everybody's yeah. just it, awake.
0: Yeah. Everything's open. So crazy. Easy to place to bulk. 100%. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean do you what what is like like do you guys not sleep? Uh, <laughs> you know like is it normal to sleep yeah, 8 I mean, hours you never sleeps man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean around here no never sleep you know shops are open 24 hours Damn. you know clubs yeah never sleeps but I sleep I I'm a fitness coach so obviously mm. I prioritize you my You got to get your yeah. Yeah yeah. Yeah, but other than that, I travel within Japan as well, you know, Tokyo's great, but you know, you just go to the countryside, it's super nice. Have you tried onsen, hot springs? No, We you know, want is that try where that. we want
1: to go, where the monkeys are?
0: Yeah, the monkeys, yeah, that's yeah, that's one of the famous spots, but we can do a Japanese onsen, that's a very cultural experience, so... But I have to po-
1: cover my tattoos there, right? Uh to yeah, go in there yeah, with a yeah. shirt, probably? Actually,
0: or? no, you can't wear shirts, so we can either go to a private place, mm. so... They don't worry. <laughs> I would have never gotten tattoos if I lived here. It's just <laughs> yeah, so never, inconvenient. Never, yeah, 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 it is. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah. actually, yeah, tattoos an issue if it's a public place. But we yeah. can find somewhere private onsen. We can do that. That will be an experience.
1: What if you go to a beach here? Is that also considered like a public place with tattoos? Um, yeah, like,
0: tattoos are fine. Um, beach is fine. Okay. Just, okay. Yeah. So outside is fine. Yeah, it's outside like an is inside fine. thing. Yeah. Hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's onsen. weird, man. Yeah. It's because, um, you know, People in Japan that have tattoos are uh, usually considered as, like, Yakuza, you know, the gangsters. So, that's where Crazy. the rules originated. Yeah. And, you know, things don't change that quick. So, yeah, it yeah. just kind of went through. I mean, that rule still sticks.
1: Yeah. yeah I mean, I respect, I respect that. Like, I have no, no issues yeah. with that. But it's just funny. Like, I remember when I got my first tattoo, literally uh, two days later, I was watching football with my dad. For whatever reason, we never watch football, yeah. and they they show a close up of a player, and he had a tattooed sleeve, and he's like, "Look at this, proletarian tattoos, only proletarians have it." And I'm like, "I have one," and I just show it to him, you know, and he's like, "Yeah, but yours is fake," and I'm like, "No, it's not. <laughs> it's like, I just got this." You know? uh, yeah. What were your parents' reactions? Ah, uh, they were cool. They're cool. I mean, at that point where I got my, I was already like clearly not going down the normal route yeah, anymore. Yeah, Fair enough, yeah. So it wasn't like I was in school or I was 26. I got it yeah. really late. I already had my business. I was already established. Uh, I already, I think it was... Actually, no, I had not made my first million yet. It, I just got that tattoo after I filmed The Natural. And in fact, one of the reasons I think why I got this tattoo, this first one here, this This one here, um, one of the reasons was because like shooting that first product was so hard Mm. and it almost killed us that i told myself i literally told myself if i survive this i'm gonna get a fucking (laughs) tattoo (laughs) how how long did it take you to make that product i I mean it depends on when you would denote the start so um a lot of the footage that we've shot that is in there was shot around the world so i've been shooting it since 2013 and 2016 we started recording the content part mm-hmm. um so if you will since 2013 but then also if you will like some of the teachings are refined throughout the whole year so it was the combination of me starting with with dating a personal of in 2010 ish, 2009 2010 so you could also say that's kind of where the writing started and then i was in um, boston in 2015 uh it was fall it was very Rainy, wet, cold, and I was there to teach a program and I think that's, I had like two, three days off before, Mm -hmm. where I said, okay, I'm gonna spend these two, three days in bed, just writing the whole damn program. And it was cool because back then I was still, uh, I mean, RSD were very, uh, what word can I use? conservative with their spending. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I was a pretty well-established instructor back then already, yep. I was already making you know multiple five figures per weekend for the company, and also for myself, because we had a cu- uh, 50-50. Yep. Um, but they would still be like, we're not gonna pay your hotel, go stay with a volunteer. Mm. And like the f- that's why, probably one of the reasons why I got burnt out so much, like the first years only stayed at volunteers, and then I slowly started getting through the rule of like i'm only gonna st- oh, do we still have time by the way when is the restaurant um
0: eight thirty. So so yeah, ah, easy plenty. let's ramble time, just some relax. more
1: coffee in this just relax <laughs> so no anyway so um then i fought for the rule of like i'm only gonna stay in a volunteer's place if i get my own room god damn it because we've had volunteers that be like well here's the couch and i'm gonna sleep next to you on the floor <laughs> and i'm like you know, wait, sorry, dude. volunteers. Who who are these people? Like? I mean, just RSD fans. Oh, right. They were like, hey, do you want to have an instructor sleep? So, of course, they're like, fuck yeah, yeah, yeah you know, yeah, yeah. You can sleep on my couch, man. Yeah. So, it, dude, I had this one guy who
0: wanted to. I was you sick you must have so many crazy stories dude I man. have so many I yeah, you can't infinite, even talk about yeah, it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I,
1: half of them I can't talk about so I had this one I was sick and I, you know when you're sick on tour it's the worst cause you're yeah, sick for be, like cause I can't cancel something you know yeah. there's two, three guys they all pay $2,000 I'm not yeah. like hey sorry I'm sick I just plow through just painkillers yeah. plow through get a bunch of people sick around me probably you know like <laughs> Um, and then I'm like, I come back after like a f- all night of coaching, a fever like crazy. I'm like in on the couch. No, I didn't. He had a blow up mattress. So I'm like shivering in the blow up mattress, and I'm like 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 delirious. <laughs> and the volunteer comes up and gives me like a piece of paper, like a like a like an A4 page, like printed out. And I'm like, what is this? And he's like, those are my questions. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) And it's like, my sticking points are And I'm like, bro, that calibration. I have bro. fever, dude. Yeah. You, the the first problem you have is you don't <laughs> see what's going on in front of you. So, anyways, uh, I that's wasn't, what you need to fix first. Yeah, yeah, right? that's the, that's, <laughs> yeah. dude. And I think I even might have told him that. Yeah. I'm like, dude, this is the first thing. No, but they never believe you. They're like, well, you're just saying this because I'm getting on. No, 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 this is actually your problem. Anyways, uh, I was in Boston, and because sometimes you had you were super lucky and you had a super cool guy, mm-hmm. and this guy, ah. I can't remember his name anymore, but shout out to the guy who hosted me in Boston many years ago. He was, I think, Italian, living in Boston, and he was a cook. And he's like, bruh, don't worry about food. And he cooked Shit. for me every day. Shit. So he got up, he would cook me a super crazy meals with like, you know, like, 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 with like soup, uh, s- uh, salad, main course, <laughs> dessert. And he like prepared it nicely. And, and then he would go to work. So I would just wake up, I had four days off in Boston, I didn't even leave the damn house. I would wake up, have my own room, wake up, eat this incredibly delicious food and get back to work and would write this whole program, The Natural. Uh, so that's how I wrote it and then I think I had like, whatever, two, three more months of, of tours where I would go to New City every Monday mm-hmm. and then and then I would come back, to, We we were three people, that's the crazy thing. If you look at the way we produced it, it was highly produced, we had two cameras, professional cameras, professional studio. We had, I mean, we had different outfits planned. That was really cool. Like the PT back then, uh, Dimi he, he um he would shoot music videos with 30 Seconds to Mars. He was on tour with Jared Leto and 30 Seconds to Mars. So he was really like, he took it seriously. He wasn't just mm-hmm. like, let me get the shot. He was like, yo, Max, let's talk about the outfits that you'll wear in the pro. So we would go shopping for the outfits. We would have props to make it look like a really cool setup, like really beautifully done. So it was him, me, and one assistant, Bastian. And, uh, cause when you look at it, it looks like a film crew shot. this. no, it was just three completely degenerate guys with zero, <laughs> with zero um, feeling for their bodies, with zero uh, uh, care for their bodies and mental health. It was just nonstop. So the thing was like, we came to Austria, to my hometown, and we said, well, if we shoot it there, we can rent my dad's studio, cause he's a photographer. It saves us production Mm -hmm. costs, you know? Because back then I had no idea how much money this program was gonna make. Fun fact, um, the first four months it made $800,000. And then, so I made made my first million with this product and then the years to come it just kept making more and more. I can't remember how much exactly I made. I'd have to look it up. But back then I didn't know. Mm -hmm. And me being overly sensitive, overly um, Mm. conservative with estimations, I'd be like, I'm gonna calculate as if I'm gonna lose money on this thing, because mm-hmm. I don't know if people are gonna buy it. I don't know how strong my brand was. Fun fact, it broke all the records. It was yeah, the I most selling that. program ever, and it was really, really grateful still to this day. But anyways, I didn't know yet. So we're like, okay, let's shoot it in my dad's place. Where we save money. And then we all sleep at my mom's place where we have two rooms and like one couch. So we were three guys, right? So. Um, and funny enough, like my dad was like, well, you can have the studio, but I need to shoot there myself. Cause it's my job. Right. And I'm like, cool. Well, when are you done? He's like at 5.00 PM. So I'm like, cool. So we can shoot at 5.00 PM. He's like, yeah. So every day we would start shooting at 5.00 PM. We would shoot until midnight, 1.00 AM and then come home. We would have 30 minutes to st- spare time. Mm-hmm. And these 30 minutes, we were just like when you work all day you probably know this like your brain is you feel super stupid it's almost like you're drunk Yeah, yeah, you're just fooling around like like super stupid we would like cook crazy meals and then just (laughs) um, do like be funny and stupid for 30 minutes and then pass out and then the next day wake up edit 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 and then shoot again at 5pm so that's how it was and um
0: what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> how long did the natural take? Oh, yeah, to how long did it take? Yeah. <laughs> so,
1: so, yeah. so, that was just like wash rinse repeat for like three months, I think. But you are filming at home as well, no, if I remember correctly. Uh, some, some. You mean at home in my apartment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had some of the bonus videos we just did at home in different places, and then of course, and there's one of these things where you think like, okay it's only gonna be the main part plus some other small things you know so we shoot the main part for like three months and then we're like hey we're done now now all that we need to do is shoot all the bonus stuff and then turns out that the bonus stuff like combined is as much as the main part Mm -hmm. so we shot parts of the bonus part in in cologne and that's where it started to really wear me down right because i had been on tour for four damn years i have been shooting this damn thing for three fucking months and that's where I started getting the feeling of like, hey, if I survive this fucking thing, I'm gonna get a tattoo. And then, uh, and then we got all that done. And then we're like, finally celebrate good times. And then we're like, now all we gotta do is shoot the promo videos. And then the promo videos are again like so mentally draining because now you're like, okay, well the program is really good. I put everything I got yeah. in there. I ran on fumes just to put my heart and soul into this. But now you're like, well the promo videos they should reflect that. So shut up if you need a rest and just plow one more time. So I've already been running on fumes. And so now you're running even more on fumes. You shoot and if you watch the old promo videos, if you can still find them somewhere, um, they're all shot in Austria. Uh, you have the mountains in the back. That's literally my yeah, backyard, remember. you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we shot one there. I had to stand on a suitcase because <laughs> if I was too short to see the mountains behind me. So I had to stand on a suitcase. And then we shot some of the other ones on this boat. If you remember, I was on the stupid boat. We rented this tourist boat on the yeah. lake. And we shot some promo videos there. So winter, wasn't it? Uh, no. no. Well, part of it was, that's again, no, like I remember some it of it like, was winter. Yeah. And it w- we shot it in like, we started shooting it in February, March or something like that. Okay. Which is still winter in Austria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, like crazy fucking times, man. So all in all, I think with the core, it took around from like February, March till like May, June. And then and then I drove. Uh, I flew to the states in June or July. I was in LA, and of course, me being me, I was like, "We launched a natural, and then we're gonna go on a like on a on a trip with a, with an SUV where we just drive up the West Coast and just go exploring." So I had no time off, no nothing. So we were. I was there with the camera crew. Oh no, we went to Hawaii at first. Oh, okay. Or yeah. We went to Hawaii, and there was one video missing, and that was the actual VSL, the video sales letter, which is like the cr- the, most <laughs> the most important yeah. fucking thing. And um, I was there with our with our marketer. I mean, we have the story too uh, in the other podcast with Mi- 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 Mikhail. Mikhail. so he used to work with Ty Lopez. He then became the CMO of of RSD, and then we were in Hawaii for like a week or so. I had my camera crew. It was two two Danish guys. Oliver and Matias, uh, they were with me, and um, and we were like, okay, whatever we do, we'll shoot the VSL right away, so we got it out of the way, so we got plenty of time, you know? And then it's like every single day, we were like, okay, tomorrow, 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 because Mikhail was there with us, but he had to do stuff with Tyler, and Tyler mm-hmm. is super chaotic. Mm-hmm. Tyler is the uh, the, the CEO, uh, one the co-found one of the co-founders of yeah. RSD. So it was literally like the last fucking day Next day we flew back and we're like we still haven't shot the damn BSL. Day passes. We're like, don't worry, we'll shoot it at night. Night passes. Don't worry, we'll shoot it just before your flight. So, dude, it's nighttime, 2 a.m. in the morning, just before my damn flight. We physically had to shoot it right now. And then we're um dude, I don't you can't see it in my face. I don't know how I did it, but <laughs> I was freaked out beyond. Freaked wow. out, panicky, anxious and we finally find a shot that is decent with like cool lights in the background mm-hmm. i'm wearing my jurassic park tank top branding back then was just like look as shitty as you can yeah, you know? long hair as well yeah yeah, yeah. The, the the man bun thing yeah, yeah. and and then I, I swear to god i start talking and music starts behind me because <laughs> it was some resort and i'm like oh, oh, i can't man. fucking be okay let's move we moved we finally find another spot. Thirty minutes later, you know, I start talking. The fucking sprinklers go on <laughs> and just sprinkle me wet. And I'm like, I can't believe this is happening, you know. So the third shot, we finally got it, and it was crazy because the, uh, we didn't use teleprompters for whatever fucking reason. Dumbest yeah. thing in the world. Nowadays, I use teleprompter for everything. Like, oh, we need to shoot an ad? Just, yeah, I'll just read it off, and you know? Yeah. And nowadays, and back then, I was like, I'm not gonna use a teleprompter, I'm a public speaker, I've been public speaking for six years, fuck this. I'm not gonna use a teleprompter. So I had to memorize it, the whole VSL. So it was like, read a paragraph, ba 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 fuck, forgot a sentence, one more time, ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba, done, read the next paragraph, ba-ba-ba-ba-ba, like this. And like, uh, Mikhail, the, the, the CMO, was just standing next to me with the iPad, with the text, and yeah. it's a long ass VSL. It's like thirty-five minutes or something like that. Shit. So yeah, we finally shot it. Like it was dawning. I was like, I think I cried and shit like that. Yeah. It was it was it was really really tough. I cried um. so many times creating this program. <laughs> <laughs> and then by the time it was out, by the time it came out, I didn't even care anymore. Yeah. Because for me, it was not about being successful with it. For me, it was just creating it. Mm-hmm. So by the time I had created it, I'm like, cool, I'm done. And they were like, hey, by the way, here's the sales numbers. I'm like, this is amazing. Holy shit, we're selling a lot. But I'm like, I was not emotionally involved in it anymore.
0: Right. That's how exhausted yeah. you were from I was that. a shell, man. man. I was an empty shell. So after that, you kind of took a break? Uh, no. No? Oh, okay. <laughs>
1: no, I, I was such <laughs> you just a kept going. <laughs> idiot. I was like, fuck it, let's go. Uh, and, then I, and then I think I went on my fourth world tour, something like that, or like a mini tour or something like that. And then. Or did I? I can't remember. I, I do remember distinctly. I went to a couple cities. Yeah, yeah. I went to, it was a mini tour. I think I went to New York, London, Amsterdam, Berlin. Something like that. Like the best cities. Yep. Um, L, yeah, Yeah. LA, LA, New York, London, I think I did. And that was already way too much. But I still knocked it out. Um,
0: it was pretty cool. And then I moved to Helsinki. Well, was it mainly due to like exhaustion, having enough that you moved on from dating to business? What was like the catalyst for Uh,
1: you? I wouldn't say exhaustion because by that time, I needed to work even harder to build the the business consulting up because I needed to prove myself in a completely new niche and yeah, you know when you change niches like. You know, I, I very rarely read comments, and if I do, they don't affect me as much, but back then it was definitely more. Mm, yeah. And you would see people like, go back to dating, you're not a business guy, what the fuck, Max? You think you're all legit now and shit like that, you know? And it really hurt. Yeah, because, I remember that, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, I I, so I needed to work extra hard just to get over that. And, yeah. I, and it's really cool now, like, now really like this year and maybe last year was the first time where I would meet a bunch of people that are like, oh yeah, hey, oh wait, wait, you did dating before? I had no idea. Well, like yeah. people that legit knew me, from only the business as the business guy, mm-hmm. which is really beautiful. Like ever since we started running ads, it's really cool to see that. Um, but no, the reason why I transitioned was there was those many different factors. Number one, I got really bored mm. because with dating, it's always the same. Like I've been, yeah. I had been teaching dating for eight, seven, eight years, and it's like still people will come up to me, "How do I approach?" And you know, and you as a as a as a person. You've evolved so much. Like, you would yeah. think about such high level problems, yeah. like relationship management and like crazy different things that you would do. And then you would still deal with this, but what do I say? You know, like just super standard problems. Yeah. And one thing I like about the business thing is like you bring people up from zero, right? Like, we did it with you for zero to 20K a month and stuff like that. And, and it's really cool. Or you come, I actually, you think, I think you came to us and you already made some money and then we helped you make more or something like no, that.
0: No, from zero, man. Was it from zero no, from for zero. you as well?
1: Great. And then, and then there's the infinite growth, you know? Like, we're at a level now where we help you hire the first person and so on mm-hmm. and so forth, and then we help you manage that. And like, we have people that started with us, made zero, and now they're making 250, 300, 400,000 a month, where you like, they have an office, they have families to feed, you know? It's like infinite growth, which is really cool, mm. which I really like. And um, so that was one aspect. Okay. The other aspect is, it was just my personal interest. I had gotten so addicted to business and I loved sharing stuff about the business. And I'm like, hey, this is, it's so similar to dating. You know, like instead of like being on a date where you try to show yourself from your best side, you do that with marketing too. But it's Mm -hmm. not just to one person, but it's to the world, which I found like an, an extrapolation of the whole dating concept which i found really cool and then i could mix it with social dynamics like so much of the things that i teach in sales for example to my sales team i've never been a salesperson on the phone i've only sold from stage maximum but like 90 percent of the of the concepts i teach my sales guys is just social dynamics of like hey if you say this what do you think is the other person feeling right now yeah hey did you listen to what the person said in the discovery phase 20 minutes ago and like, be aware of this. It's all just dating, and it, and and it's funny because it, it helps with sales. It's really funny. No,
0: hundred percent. I agree.
1: Yeah. And then the other and the, the last point was that um, a lot of guys started asking me this. I I remember distinctively, um, one guy bought the the one on one advanced program with me in the dating, mm-hmm. for for twenty four thousand, and uh and I'm like, yeah, you know, I jump on the first one on one call with him, and I'm like, hey, nice to meet you. So tell me about you know um. Uh, tell me about your dating life. Like, what do you, what it is that you wanna achieve? And he's like, oh no, I'm married happily for 10 years. Anyways, I wanted to ask you about the business. And I'm like, is that, you're married? Why are you buying the dating program? He's like, I wanted to learn business from you. (laughs) And I'm like, ah, and then you got more and more people like that, that would just ask business questions. And so it was kind of like a natural thing. I see, I see.
0: Yeah, you know the interesting point that you said you know sales is um, dating and social dynamics I fully agree with that it's very interesting you know my path as well you know I started working out I told you I started working out at 14 but I was into you know self-development mm. right um, developing as a guy so obviously getting girls and social dynamics is a big part of that so that's where I you know started um, following you guys um, RSD and you in particular and yeah it's just so um, interesting now like on the sales call with my clients. It's all just, you know, so basic social skills. Yeah. You know, that I only learned through, you know, approaching, talking to people, Mm. socializing, like all those lessons I've carried forward and they're all getting used now. So it's, yeah, it's pretty, I don't know, man. It's pretty crazy. I feel like everything had a meaning, you know, it's all led up to where I am now. It's crazy how things are connected And then How old are you now? I'm 28. Dude, so young. And already
1: got so far. that's really beautiful, man. Thanks, man. Um, it's weird because, like, the older I get, it's such a cliche thing to say. Everything happens for a reason. It's such a <laughs> yeah. stupid thing, you yeah, know. Yeah. But the older I get, the more I sound. I believe in that, and mm-hmm. the more I tell like younger people in my team or clients, I'm just like, hey, listen. I know this hurts right now. I know this sucks, but everything happens for a reason. Yeah. I'm now that <laughs> yeah, stupid yeah, guy that who says that shit, yeah. you know?
0: Yeah, I think everything, you know, happens because of a reason, but also. Um, Sorry, everything happens for a reason. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's beautiful to, to see that. So I'm pretty
1: sure like this is probably something that you teach your clients too. You know, they come to you because they want to get shredded, but then probably you answer a bunch of questions about dating and, and like yeah. the charisma yeah. and stuff like that Yeah, too, right? so the
0: funny thing is a lot of my clients, obviously they their body transforms, you know, they get shredded, they get ripped, but I put a lot of focus on the mental side of things because that's super important to be able to, you know, continue being fit by yourself. So it's actually really interesting. Most of my clients, you know, they didn't have a girlfriend before. They suddenly mm. get a girlfriend. Mm. Some get married. Now, you know, way. they they always hated their job, but they some reason stayed in there and all of a sudden they switch jobs. You know, they just get this courage that they built through fitness and they can apply it to other areas of their life. So, yeah, it's beautiful. It's not just fitness. Yeah, I do <laughs> teach you know, the basic social skills kind of things as well. And just all-around self-development. So, for you, kind of fitness was almost like a gateway drug. Yeah.
1: It's funny. It's like literally like a positive gateway drug to improving your life in exactly. other areas.
0: Yeah. So, fitness was the first step. It was yeah. the base of everything. You know, oh, if I put in the work, I can become better. So, that was the first yeah, experience that I got there. So I just kind of got addicted to you know, you know, working out and just doing the work to get the results, mm. bettering yourself. So I actually enjoyed, you know, working hard. Getting back to the question, where you're always a hard worker. Yes, I actually enjoyed. Yeah. it. I enjoyed seeing the results, and uh,
1: you know, what I always admire in fitness coaches is the fact. And I'm, I'm wondering how you deal with this because for me, if I just wanna let loose for a month diet wise mm-hmm. and just be like fuck it I'm in Cyprus bring me the ice cream blah 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 blah, blah. and I gain a little bit of weight it's not a problem because I'm not a fitness coach yeah how do you deal with that is that a certain pressure that you feel to always stay in shape because um, your livelihood depends on it
0: Not necessarily, no. I mean, I don't think it's that hard, you know. Like, if you let go for a day or two, you can always get back to the routine again. You know, you're not going to get fat from just eating shit for a day or two, right? If you make that a routine, yeah, it makes you worse. It's like, if you're fat, you're not going to lose weight by just eating a few healthy meals, right? So, it's the same thing. So, I found it pretty easy to always switch back. You know, sometimes, yeah, I would be like, fuck it, I'm going to eat ice cream, you know. Sushi Whatever is inside But after that Next day You don't really feel Like eating anyway You're True. like Okay today I just wanna Feel better So let's just Cut down on the food So It's
1: funny that yeah. When you're used to Like a certain Healthy lifestyle You actually Like bad food Actually makes you feel bad Exactly yeah It's funny So yeah I prefer eating healthy Yeah, yeah. Because like My dad for example God bless him He's fat He's 60 years old He's fat mm-hmm. And he's like You know He visited me in Cyprus Last year Um and I'm like, I'm waking up, I'm making breakfast, you know, steak, eggs, super lean, low carbs, and he's just like, fucking fried calamari, <laughs> chocolate croissants, and I'm like, what are you giving you? And, you, and every day, three times a day, the whole trip, and I would like, I would eat, I would like, eat one time shitty food with him, yeah. and I would just feel like shit for the yeah. next 24 hours. Yeah, and, and that's the crazy thing, like, Regular people who eat shit food like this, and, and that's the crazy part. Like shit food like this is normal nowadays. Yeah, that's a baseline. Yeah, for them, right. Of course, you eat the French for what the fuck? Yeah, French fries. They're not super good, but fuck it. No, dude, they're dog shit. And I'm like, so this is how normal people must feel every day then. For them, feeling like shit is normal. So of course, they can't step up their fucking life. Mm -hmm. Of course, they can't go approach a cute girl that they find interesting, even though they had a crush on them for fucking years. Of course, they can't step up and go to the gym. Of course, they can't cut a little bit of sleep instead of sleeping for 11 hours on the weekends. Of course, they can't work and build their fucking business. Of course, they have zero drive to push them outside their comfort zone because of the shit food is making them sluggish, unfocused, tired, probably low testosterone. There's probably all kinds of chemical imbalances that are going on within them. So that's why I think like stuff that you do is so much more important than you think. It's so much beyond like, oh, just get a six pack and look good.
0: So beyond 100%. Because like you said, like your clients, they step their fucking life. Yeah, exactly. It's insane. It's not just, you know, eat these meals, work out, get fit. It's not, it's deeper than that. And that's what I emphasize through my coaching. I think that's what differentiates me from the rest of the, you know, coaches, fitness guys out here in Japan.
1: Yeah, and especially in your niche, there's so many, like, fitness model idiots that are just like Get the yeah. six pack yeah, yeah, looking yeah. good flex in Dubai and shit like that so
0: with the pressure thing I think everyone every fitness guy has a pressure because he opens social media and it's like jacked up you know six mm-hmm. pack everywhere so yeah obviously there's a pressure but again you know just focus on yourself you know and I think yeah that's okay
1: do you ever do a, a blood test to check how your testosterone, and your nutrients? I have, like but it was
0: a few years ago. But I was healthy back then. I might do it again recently. Um, I do it. I
1: do it super frequently now. I do oh, it yeah. like multiple times a year. Okay. I love it because my results are always super awesome. So I kind of get yeah, addicted yeah, yeah, to it, you know?
0: Yeah, you get addicted to the good results. Yeah, right? because so nice. it's.
1: I'm. I'm. I mean, I'm sure for a guy like you, it's probably all off the charts, you know? So like when I looked at my testosterone, especially after I started eating meat. It's like, and this this is a crazy shit, I don't know if they do this in Japan too, but uh, in the West, in like uh, Europe, US, what they've done now is they're adjusting the range of acceptable testosterone mm-hmm. downwards. Yeah, I've heard that, yeah. Yeah, yeah so yeah. it's like, because testosterone is declining everywhere. It used to be much higher yeah. before right? so on. now they're yeah. like, oh, well, let's just adjust it down, so these yeah. fucking simps are still in the acceptable <laughs> range. Yeah. And, and like, when i when i was still a vegetarian i was a vegetarian for 12 years uh, oh, i, I always did shit? yeah 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 Locked. i always did blood tests just to make sure i got enough iron and shit like that mm-hmm. so my testosterone and i felt towards the end especially i felt sluggish i felt yeah. not re- i couldn't resist stress as much as I used to, and I just thought it was because I'm in my 30s. And I checked my testosterone, and it was still in the acceptable range. It wasn't in the middle, it was rather in the bottom third, but it was still right. in the acceptable range. It was probably one of these things where they adjusted the range down, and now I'm in the acceptable range. And then um, I did a blood test, I think, one or two months in after eating meat, and it was uh, it was uh, 30% higher. So it Huge. got to the to the top. And then I did it again like six months later, and it was above. Shit. It was the acceptable range and my thing was like all the way on the right. So I'd be curious how yours would look. Like. Yours is probably super high as well. Do you think that's meat that did that? Mm, probably a variety of factors. I don't, I'm always like with fitness, I'm, I'm always like, don't bother me. I don't care. Just tell me what to eat yeah. to get the most amount out of it. Yeah. Um, it's probably, it's probably fitness. It's probably the, the meat, I think to a large degree. And um, also though, what I don't eat. You know what I mean, mm, yeah. like, uh, cause for protein as a vegetarian, you eat a lot of um, processed cheese, uh, sure. low-fat cottage
0: cheese, And carbs as well, right? Yeah,
1: exactly. So I ate, I uh, just a lot of a lot of shit stuff. Yeah. I was so bloated all the time, right? Like I always had a fat belly from mm-hmm. all the vegetables and all the stuff.
0: And then when I started eating meat, I got really lean for what, no fucking reason. Yeah, getting lean is super easy on low carbs and yeah. high protein meat, eggs.
1: how many how much protein carbs do you eat what's your Um, macros?
0: i don't eat too much protein just two grams per kilo of body weight so not too much and i like eating more carbs yeah fulfills me more so that's how i do it so can you share the numbers or is that a secret um no no it's not a secret i weigh 72 so i aim for around 140 grams of protein a day and carbs um, and rest carbs and fat like 200 Two hundred grams of carbs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh beautiful. And then man. fat I it depends. Like sometimes I feel like going low fat and eating more carbs. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I feel like eating fat and keep the carbs low. So just hit the protein and the rest's pretty flexible. So you attuned your you're really attuned to knowing what you're craving. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I don't really like track calories um, to the tea anymore. I kind of know how yeah. much I'm eating, like if I overate or if I underate. So, oh, that's sick. Yeah, it's kind of relaxed for me now. Do you also have... This is this is an interesting question I want to ask you. Do you also have...
1: Do you feel um, effects of other things like when you drink tea, caffeine, uh, when you eat... So, for example, when I eat something that has super nutrient, mm-hmm. I feel it. Maybe it's placebo effect. Mm. Who cares? But...
0: Do you feel the difference? Are you that attuned to mm, yourself? Not that, caffeine, yeah, obviously. Hmm. But, um, I mean, obviously I'll feel good that I ate something super healthy. I think it's mainly placebo. I, I'm not that in tune where I can feel yeah, the okay. nutrition's absorbing. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, <laughs> but, I, who knows? Probably 99% know. placebo
1: yeah. for me, <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> but I feel everything so hard. Like when I drink a glass of wine, I get drunk. I literally, oh, yeah. I shit, you know, ask much I yeah, get so drunk.
0: Yeah, so alcohol, caffeine, yeah. Yeah. Definitely feel it straight away if you've been moderate on that. All right, we're back after a quick break. Uh, can I ask you one question? All day. So when you were coaching dating, did you actually teach guys like about taking care of their body, like health as well? A little bit, a little a bit. bit. Um,
1: okay. The whole premise is, and I still stand with it, is like you don't need to be good looking yeah. to, to have success with women. But um, especially later, I was like, hey, try to be the whole package. I call it like, it's not even my name, I stole it from Tyler's like the man in his prime lifestyle, which means like, try to cover all your bases. Yeah, Try to live healthy, try to do all these things because not only you owe it to yourself because you wanna fulfill your potential, but I also felt like when you settle down and you get into a relationship, I also think you owe it to your girlfriend or your wife or your boyfriend or whatever you're into that you become the best version of yourself you know yeah that
0: includes fitness as well and all other aspects yeah because you know the reason i ask this is because first i've either thought of going into dating or fitness obviously i went into fitness but you know the reason why i did that because even if i was to coach dating i'll probably you know start off with take care of your health you know (laughs) be like you can't just be like yo be confident bro it's like you have to do good To yourself, take care of yourself, then you can be confident, right? So, yeah, that's how I kind of thought, okay, fitness is the base for like everything. So, exactly. that's why I thought, okay, fitness first, maybe in the future, maybe I can do something on dating, but yeah, that's why I chose fitness, and that's why I was curious if you did that for I me. It was the, the other way I, I, for me, it was um,
1: social dynamics is the base for everything, and then right. you get into fitness, right? But okay. it's like again, it's like a gateway drug. Yeah. And and I have this too, like so many of my clients now, um, they started with the dating. They're like, oh, you know, I watched you when I was in my 20s and I got an epic girlfriend and I got this life hand like this. And now that I'm in my 30s, I want you to help me build a business. And, uh, you know, it's really genius. I got to give props for props to this dude. A lot of that is Tyler hmm. or Owen Cook, how he's now known. Because he used to literally say, he's like, Guys, he used to tell this to all us, us other instructors. He used to say, like, guys, all these RSD fans, they're watching us right now. They're all in their 20s, okay? If you keep producing cool content, you keep giving value, in 10 years, all of these guys are going to be seven-figure, six-figure, seven-figure, eight-figure business owners. And, uh, and then they're going to buy the super high, ultra high price programs from you. And I was like, I was fucking 23. I'm like, what do you mean 10 years? I'm not gonna wait that long, you know? (laughs) But now that I'm 32, I'm like, that makes exactly- That's what's happening now, right? Literally. I mean, it's it's so crazy. Like so many of, for example, of my mentors now, um, my eight figure mentors that are helping us scale eight figures, they're like, oh, Max Tornow? Did you used to coach in RSD? I love RSD. They're like, they know, like, everybody knows this. Like, yeah. I'm on a phone with some some random eight figure IG, Instagram guy, and he's like, oh, RSD, yeah, shit, I still remember you guys. They're all like that. And I'm mm. like, thank goddamn, oh, and he was right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, what else do you want to ask me? Um, That, that was the question that was that it? I had at the moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll probably have a few
0: more pop up, but. Yeah.
1: I mean, dude. What's what's your plan? Do you have any... I mean, you got to have like a rough plan of what you want to be doing in the next couple of years.
0: Yeah, so obviously um, scale my fitness coaching business. Obviously, I'm getting my first hire. So it'd be great to, you know, have a team, you know, build a team, have that experience of... I know you said it sounds very fulfilling to have other people to be working on your vision with you, like having a team. So I'm mm-hmm. very excited to experience nice. that. So yeah, I think a few years I'll do fitness and then after that I might transition into business or something but first all in on fitness Um, I want to do a few million in fitness then maybe transition into business because the skills that I'm learning now I can teach that as well right Mm -hmm. in the future so I do see like transitioning kind of same path as you in the future
1: I mean earlier you mentioned kind of like mentioned a couple times like the fitness niche the fitness uh, culture in Japan which yeah. I'm of course not very much aware of mm-hmm.
0: how is it like are there like yeah. a bunch of shirtless Instagram model dudes yeah. really so it's a quite a big um, issue in Japan I mean there's obviously a lot of steroids um, mm. a lot of jack dudes on social media are they legal here sorry to interrupt um, after I drinking think... placenta from a <laughs> butcher <I'm> a <laughs> I I think it's not illegal to use no shit yeah I'm, don't quote me on that but yeah obviously people use it so there's a way to do it so yeah i mean anywhere you know the fitness industry it's always going to end up like this i knew that Mm -hmm. to start off with so i had a path of you know going into that you know full-on doing steroids and competing but it wasn't really my thing i was always into like lifestyle and bettering yourself as a man like whole package you know fitness social skills everything so i stuck to that and i think now there's kind of a wave of you know, that side of things being more valued, mm. You know, rather than just like working out to compete in shows. That's like the main mainstream mentality here. Mm. It's like, why do you train more? Obviously, because I wanna compete. Why else would you train? Mm. But for me, it's like you train to better yourself and feel better and be confident, you know. It's funny because when I was in Korea, it was very
1: similar. I was there in 2017, so yeah. that's now five years ago. Yeah, And I was like almost alone at the gym, uh, and it was all just like bodybuilders who would yeah. go there.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it used to be like that, but now it's pretty mainstream. You know, you see mm-hmm. young kids. So it's great. I mean, that's why I personally started my YouTube because I wanted to inspire people to start working out. Because in Japan that time, it was like, why do you work out? It's stupid, you know. it it's was just a waste of time. Kind yeah, of a waste yeah. of time, meathead, like <laughs> stupid people, et cetera. It didn't have this image of like being healthy, cool. You know. So but, you
1: said you tried steroids and walked on a path. No, no, like no, no. I
0: never, never, oh, never okay. have. Yeah. So yeah. You th-
1: because you said like there was this path of like.
0: Yeah. So I was, you know, into the YouTube and everything. So there was a path of either, like, going full on like fitness competition yeah. guy. So do steroids, go, um, compete. You know, try to get that placing, but it hasn't. It wasn't. It doesn't resonate with me on a deep level. You yeah. Know? Plus I was a student and you know. Financial stuff as well. I wasn't. I was not responsible for everything yet. Yeah. So I wasn't in the position to make that decision. That's mm-hmm. how I felt anyway. Mm-hmm. Although I do know a lot of like students doing steroids and stuff. But yeah, I just. I just never went that path. So I always stuck to just being natural. You know, working out. And yeah, I think that's that decision I'll stick with for the rest of my life. I mean, unless like my T levels naturally decline in my thirties or something. Mm.
1: Yeah, that's one of the things that. I'm willing to do when I'm like 40, 50 or something like yeah. that like the that's fine understandable testosterone, repl- testosterone replacement therapy or something like that yeah. but I also think like if you for people like us I, again I'm just like eyeballing this I might butcher this completely but for people like us who've been into healthy nutrition healthy lifestyle for so long mm-hmm. I think we can carry high testosterone levels very long for for a very long time into our 40s and 50s yeah. then of course genetically it does play a role as well but We'll see how I feel right now. I, I funny enough, my I, I feel and I know that my testosterone levels now are much higher than when I was in my 20s. Like 25, 26, 27, ain't got nothing on me now. I'm 30, 32 year old fat max, thirty year old, <laughs> 32 year old max. Like I have much higher testosterone levels. I feel much better too, which mm. is insane. So I'm very grateful because I, I don't take this for granted. And uh, I hope it carries on like this for a couple more years. Yeah, I mean,
0: you look the most jacked, right? Compared yeah. to your time. I think so. I feel right. bigger, yeah. which is uh, you uh, look pretty cut on Instagram, man. Yeah, uh, that
1: also—that's the funny thing. I'm cut and big yeah. at the same time. So this whole like feeling deflated, I don't have anymore. I used to when I cut, I felt very deflated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, the other thing is hunger like meat is just so much more
0: filling for me i don't know why it is yeah because I think it so has well. fat and, and the juices and yeah, whatever total nutrition package it has everything so. yeah yeah no definitely more filling um high proteins more satiating
1: is it yeah. i didn't know i yeah, always yeah. thought it's more like the carbs but no it really is like this Yeah, protein. I like it's like good i eat steak and the funny thing is i've eaten steak now for over a year every single day no Well, for like, you know, maybe there was a handful of days where I cheat day where I just ate cereal in the morning or some shit like that. But usually like, so I started eating in April last year, 2022, and like every day since then, around 400, 500 grams of steak in the morning. So that's a lot of
0: steak. That is a lot. So you'll be eating like a kg today yeah yeah i eat almost every day Crazy, one kilogram yeah, yeah i don't give a shit your man. parents must be like what the fuck yeah
1: yeah i mean my dad is like because i now the shout out to my dad i gave him a lot of shit earlier that he's fat and you know yeah but one random day he's because i'm always like hey i'm hitting the gym do you want to join and he's like you know <laughs> and then this one day he's like yeah when are you there and i'm like yeah at 11 see you there and then he fucking shows up with a bandana like hey. "Oh, pants hey. and i'm like hey let's go yeah and then he's like, okay, what do I eat, you know? So he started hitting, it was funny, because I told him like, listen, because my dad is super cheap. What he, The only thing he loves more than food is saving money. You know? <laughs> God, I love you, dad. <laughs> this is coming from a very heartfelt, heartfelt position. And, uh, and I'm like, okay, listen, if you manage to go to the gym two times a week, I'll buy you a monthly pass. And if you don't go on average two times a week, you have to pay me back the money so this motherfucker went two times a week like he did
0: not want to pay that money back amazing you find a button for a i found that plug and it took person. only 60
1: yeah. years for him to find that you know so um he sends me these videos now all, all the time like oh, yeah. search yeah. number two out of oh, two amazing. this week you know he's on the bicycle and and he's also like he's like what do i eat you know and i'm like oh just eat steak and he's like in the morning what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. but it's dope i love it like i after eating it for a full year every day i still i go to bed and i'm like can't wait for that steak tomorrow yeah it never gets
0: old does it yeah it does
1: not get old at all i don't know why it's just so good especially here man oh yeah it's amazing it's so good it's so tender man fuck
0: yeah man damn yeah the fillet steak the japanese steak yeah it's amazing so is that what we're gonna have today Today um, we're gonna have roast roast beef. So a bit leaner, but it is soft. Very soft. Yeah, let's go. It's American.
1: Is that the only thing you can get there? Because you Um, kept saying roast beef. Yeah. It doesn't have a menu where I can choose. No,
0: it's like you'll see, you'll see, but the main thing is roast beef and there's sides, salads. Yeah. Yeah. So is it a cheat day for you today? kind of basically yeah i haven't eaten today other than Mm. like a bit of steak i had a bit of steak and eggs so probably like 500 calories oh nice Nice. yeah so when i go out like this i know i'm gonna eat like crazy so i tend to save up on the calories
1: that's smart man you know it's funny like uh is that the same for you like when i was since the last couple years like my idea of like partying hard is going with a bunch of cool people to a restaurant and just eating (laughs) <laughs> it's not like like drinking and going really? to a club yeah for me it's just my idea of like guys let's just go nuts today let's go to a restaurant and order all the food that's my idea yeah, that sounds fun as well yeah but maybe after go for
0: drinks and party. I'm down I'm down for like, that's
1: the thing like for me getting drinks is like three three glasses of wine and I'm shit faced I'm beyond carry me home kind of thing that is literally my idea of of, but it's funny i mean because as a dating coach i lived in nightclubs. i literally have a concept that is called make the nightclub like your living room spend more time in the nightclub than living room so i would coach guys in the nightclub six nights a week you never drank those times no never zero zero times i mean maybe like one time i got a drink because a girl invited me or something like that we actually have a video once uh it did not end well it was in in copenhagen um you had like these like outside bars, you know, and this girl was like, hey, it's my birthday. I buy you a drink. She buys me a drink and I pour it and I'm like, I don't drink. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, what? Mad, the fuck? what the <laughs> <fuck>? <laughs> you wouldn't do that now, right? No, now I'm much more, I'm less extreme. I'm still an agent of chaos, but I wouldn't do oh, it anymore. That's crazy, and she, crazy. that was over. She, I think uh, she man. took the secondary and shoved it in my face. Yeah, that's that's yeah. all nice. Yeah, yeah, because I thought it was funny, you know? I was like, no, not you know? Uh,
0: <laughs> so, yeah, well, what happens if you drink? You know, you're obviously a dating, used to be a dating coach, so you don't have to, you know, drink to, you know, have fun and approach girls and everything. But what happens, do you, go to the next level is it the same or what happens when you drink
1: mm, i think i become more annoying just a more annoying version
0: okay yeah yeah right i i know this even when i was
1: even before he i knows. was dating coach yeah, yeah he's nodding yeah i just because i still i talk a lot obviously i don't need yeah. any substance to talk um that so that doesn't change um i already talk the most random things obviously also yeah. completely sober so that doesn't change i just become a more annoying personality right just like legit annoying Okay. and I keep saying that I'm drunk and everybody's like oh he had two glasses of wine and I'm like I'm shit face guys
0: <laughs>
1: uh... it's, it's funny and I love it very much um, to be in a position where I can I can be very like literally like 10 years of teaching dating sober Yeah, it teaches you how to be crazy without any substances and I'm very happy that I mastered the skill because many, many people can't you, you know? just
0: switch it on whenever you want
1: right? um yeah yeah but I, I can switch it on whenever i want and it but it takes me energy to switch it on sometimes so especially right. when i'm super hustle mode it takes me a while to switch that on yeah um but then it's just like you're taking a tricycle downhill it gets faster and faster and then you're just like yeah. and then um when i'm really riled up like probably i will be today i can't go to sleep because I'm still like, let's go. Let what's going on? Yeah. After I have you ideas,
0: know, your tours and stuff. You must feel super, super hyped up. You know, talking to yeah, tons yeah, of people. Yeah. Don't want to sleep almost because you're high, right? Yeah,
1: exactly. <sighs> okay. Like literally high. Like you get. We call the speakers high. Speakers high. Um, okay. Where you're like, I've literally had this. Not every time, but many times. I had like out of body experience on stage. Mm. I would, I would talk, 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 and then I would see myself. I would like look at the back of my head while I'm talking. So you're actually high then? Yeah, Um. legit, legit. And then I would just be like, and then I would like wake up, I would snap out of it. And then I would just see like 200 people staring at me. And then I'm like, how long did I just speak? (laughs) And some guy like three hours, bro, keep going. And I'm like, holy shit. And yeah, here's here's how it worked for me. Um, And that's the best part ever because I never prepared anything Unless later on, when I started pitching, I just had a PowerPoint, but like the first, whatever, six years, zero. I would just hop on stage. I'm like, hey, what's up? And I just started talking. And then uh, get a couple of questions. And then the way, and it's so funny because later on when I started doing business talks, I got invited to like big business uh, um, events and I would be a speaker, you know? And then the, the organizers, they would like find me like an hour before my speech like freaking out Max we don't have your PowerPoint we need the PowerPoint right and I'm like oh I don't have a PowerPoint and they're like well, but what are you gonna speak about I'm like I don't know and they're like <laughs> what do you mean you, you don't What the, you're on stage and yeah, they would freak crazy out crazy for them yeah. and I would be like I don't know what I'm gonna talk about fucking freestyle it you know and then like five minutes before they're like what are you gonna speak about I gotta introduce you I'm like I don't know they would f- lose their Damn. shit and I would have um, I would have people on there that would be professional speakers for years and they're like you're lying dude don't don't fucking don't tell me you don't have anything prepared no way i've been speaking for 25 years don't fucking." and i'm like i have zero i'm just a crazy dating coach that ha- that just talks i How mean did you get I, to that stage um i mean look at me you know and that's always what i tell would tell them to i'm like look at me like i don't i don't blow girls away by my looks i'm I'm short, I'm 172 centimeters. Now I'm pretty handsome, but back then, little bit puffier face, long hair, patchier beard. Funny enough, my, my beard started, the, the patches started getting covered. I think it's from the higher testosterone, which mm-hmm. is insane, because my dad has the same patches, mm-hmm. and his didn't get covered until he was 50. Anyways, side note. So I'm like, if you're a guy like me that is not extremely tall, And again, back then, I didn't have the tattoos, I didn't have the social status, I didn't have the brand. I was just a regular fucking 24-year-old. So if you don't have any of these things, the only tool at your disposal was what you say, at least for me. There was other guys that I would go out with or that I would teach that would be very good with dancing and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I never had another dancer. So for me, it was always like, just give me two minutes to talk away my face. I legitimately. So like my words became I became so good at it. And then in multiple languages too because I became good at it in German, then I had to switch to English when I started being international, and then I completely lost it in German, I had to relearn that. Right. And then the last thing was actually Austrian dialect because I associate that with, you know, me being the foreign boy from the 5,000 people cow town. And then and then I started getting really good at dialect as well. So from that, like and it's so funny because we're going really deep now, but It's infinitely harder to convince uh, an attractive 20-year-old or 21-year-old or 18-year-old, depending on where you are, in a nightclub that you are cool. Mm -hmm. That's infinitely harder to do than to convince a crowd of 2,000 people on stage that you're competent or cool. It's easiest shit in the world because Just think about it logically like an 18, 19, 21 year old, very attractive girl. I'm not talking about an average girl, I'm talking about a very attractive girl. She goes to the nightclub. I mean, by the time, like when she leaves the house, the cab driver is hitting on her, right? She leaves the cab. The guy at the valet is hitting on her. She stands in line. The guys in front of her and behind her are going to hit on her. Yeah. The, her friends are going to hit on her. The bartender hits on her. She stands 10 seconds alone uh, in, the, in the line to the bathroom. She gets approached 100 times. So you're just the next fucking douchebag yeah. that shows up. And plus... You're not attractive, like uh, now I've, I know that I'm more attractive, but back then I wasn't. You're not you are not tall, you, you're not the VIP guy. Man, I was wearing $9 H&M shirts. I looked like a bum, half the, because we also thought it was funny to look like a bum. So we would be like dressed worse than we are. Mm-hmm. I had already made my first million, I would purposefully still dress like a bum. I would not wear shoes and stuff like that, like unless I had to just to get in the club. I would just be horrible. Um, and, and then I approached this girl. So she's like, yo, you know, in her head, she's like, it hey, is the hundredth guy that talked to me <laughs> in the last hour. Yeah. He's neither the tall guy that I've been eyeballing the whole time, nor the cute guy. He's just some random bum. And, but I talked and then she's like, you're funny, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, like, damn, like this guy. And then it's, it's so funny. Like so many times when I would go home with a girl or be on a date, she would be like almost... Bombed out that I'm the guy she likes and not the actually attractive guy, you know? She's like, so many times I would have girls say, uh, you're like totally not the kind of guy I would ever hang out with me or go home with. Mm. Not at all. They would say this openly to my face, <laughs> also because they knew it wouldn't hurt me. That's a compliment I, though. Huh? That's a compliment. Total compliment, because yeah. it's a compliment to my charisma or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So she's like, like yo, I've looked at, at all the, out of all the guys that talked to me today, you're like the bottom 10%. Yet, weirdly enough, you're the one who came home with me. So I've had this hundreds of times, Mm. maybe not hundreds, but like multiple dozens of times. So when you do that, and then you talk to on stage, and if you think about the context, so you talk to someone uh, who's been approached 100 times, and you're definitely the bottom 20%, versus you talk to a crowd of people, they're literally physically Sitting below you, you're up on a stage. There's a spotlight on you. They paid money to hear you speaking. Easiest thing in the world to convince them, like, hey, I have authority. I'm on damn stage, so it's almost like everything you do on stage. I cried on stage and they loved it. You know what I mean? Like, cry to a 20 year old girl. She's like, what the fuck? (laughs) You know. But like, I would cry on stage and they're like, oh, he's so relatable. You know. I had this one speech um, where my dad was in the crowd. It was Frankfurt uh, a couple years ago. Was was one of the biggest business events I spoke at. And again, me, zero preparation. I just hop on stage, just ramble. And then, and then I was like, hey, my dad is here in the crowd. And by the way, one, one cool lesson that I realized about my dad was um, when I told him I need 5,000 euros to borrow, to, to fly to the United States to work for free as an unpaid assistant for this Owen Cook guy without any promise of pay that I know only from the internet, Um, can I have 5,000 euros? Oh, and I quit my job and I quit my university, but that's my dream. My dad pulled me aside and he said the following thing. He said, Max, I don't think it's a good idea. I think it's a really stupid idea for obvious reasons. You're gonna work for free, you're gonna borrow money to fly to Miami, you quit university, you quit your job. That's a really stupid idea. But I know as your father, every single idea that you've had so far, you've stuck to it. And you grinded it out. So me and your mom, we're gonna give you the money. And I was on stage telling that story with knowing that my dad was somewhere in the crowd. I couldn't see it because the light Mm -hmm. was on me. And I just randomly, I didn't plan it. I just told that story. And I'm like, and I realized it like halfway on stage. I'm like, my dad literally said, this is not a good idea, but he gave his fucking 21 year old son the biggest gift a father could ever give you, and this is probably similar to what your father gave you when he said, it's cool, go do your thing. He said, even though I, as the older, more experienced man, don't believe this is a good idea, I trust that you're gonna make it work. And that, I believe, is the biggest gift a father can give his son, that despite his own experience, he tr- he values the trust that he has in his son, higher than his own experience. And I say this on stage, and I just cry. I just start crying, and it was like 2,000 people. And I hear some people like, oh, you know, like when mm. you cry, say, oh, holy shit, you know? And even that, people loved it. Even though it was not planned, I'm, I'm a fucking 25 year old, you know, I'm supposed to be like this business coach and I'm just crying on fucking stage because I talk about my fucking dad. Mm-hmm. and, uh, And even that, so what I'm trying to say is like, whenever you're on stage, it's like, whatever you do once you have that authority people are just gonna frame it in a nice way yeah so that, that was a very beautiful intense moment so with the speaking the, the way I usually do this is I have an idea it forms in my head and it's like a it's like a it's like a seed and then out of that seed grows a stem like a like a tree trunk and that's the core idea of like, hey, that's what I want to talk. Hey, everybody, listen. I have this idea. You should do this. And then that's kind of the main idea. And then out of this main idea grows a twig, you know, like a little, you know, like a little twig. And then that grows into like three other twigs. And every twig is an idea. I'm like, okay, this is the main idea. Like for example, uh, fitness is a gateway drug in personal development. But then I'm like, you know, the reason why this is is not only because it's good for your body but because it's also good for your mentality. And then, so that mentality idea is one extra twig, and then that grows three other twigs of like, because what it teaches you is this, and this, and this. And then I'm like, oh, and by the way, you know what else is a gateway drug? Uh, Social dynamics, so that's another, it goes in the other direction. And then like, I speak, but the thing is like, my brain creates these twigs much faster than my mouth can speak, so I'm still over there talking about the fitness thing. And then I'm like, oh, and then I gotta work off all these here. But while I'm working these off, my brain creates these other connections over there, and it's like da 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 da. And then I have this full tree, and then you know you have nuances, personal anecdotes. They're like leaves that grow on each and every one of these twigs. And then it, while I'm speaking, I have this whole tree in my head, and then I just work it off, right. one by one. Yeah, yeah. And then it's like three hours later, and I'm like, the tree is painted, everybody. And then I kind of wake up. And then they're like, you spoke three hours. And I'm like, great. And then I would just pitch, buy my programs, buy, <laughs> And that was it, that would be it. And that was that, you do this every day. I used to do it almost every day because I used to do it on stage on Thursday. Then I would do it to clients on Friday, Saturday. Then I would do it into a video on Sunday would add live streams and stuff like that. And I still do it now with, with clients, you know? I mean, you and I, we've had many one-on-ones where I would just ramble. Then yeah. I would do it in the group calls. And, cause you said that earlier, like, I have almost all my group calls at night. I would go to bed after a group call, cause a lot of times it would be one of the last things I would do that night, so it's like open-ended. I would go to bed after a group call, I would fall asleep and keep coaching. I would have the faces of you guys in my fucking dream, and I would still coach these people. And then I would wake up and I'm like, Max, you're an idiot, you're sleeping. You're not not on the call anymore. And then sometimes I would still, my brain would still have ideas for a specific person that I talked to. And then the next morning I wake up and I'm like, by the way, (laughs) I dreamed (laughs) dreamed that I told you this, so I just want to give you this on the way as well. Uh, But it's not perfect though, because when my brain still rattles, I don't get as much recovery. Yeah. Just yeah. like right now. It's yeah. again, you asked me one question and there was all these <laughs> tree trunks yeah, that I had yeah. to work
0: off. Do you get energy from speaking and coaching people?
1: Uh, yes, yes and no. It's weird because from like, I'm I'm awake. I'm sharp as hell now. But at the same time, I also, uh, whether that's an in-person event or a one-on-one or a group coaching like with Zoom, is like, I. it feels a lot like I left it all there. It's like I give everything. And then many times, like for example, when I'm, when I'm hanging out with someone, um, when I'm hanging out with someone before and afterwards, and I do, you know, so I, I speak to them before and then I'm like, I got my group session now, and then an hour, two, three later, the person is like blah, 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 like wants my attention again, and I'm just like, what? I'm, my brain is out. Oh, okay. I left it all there, in an ideal scenario, not always, but I would say like 80% of the time I leave it all there. And my brain is still rattling, and it takes me a while to come down and be normal again. It's great. You, I mean, it, it must
0: be similar to you too. You do more one-on-ones right now, right? Yeah, one-on-one. Do you go Mostly. on on crazy rants sometimes? Um, yeah, I do, but I try to, you know, tone it down sometimes and let let them speak a bit more, so I know mm-hmm. that I'm on the right track, you know, mm-hmm. rather than just keep rambling. But yeah, I do. I do get energy from, you know, not rambling but saying things that benefits the other person i don't know it's just a great feeling i mean that's why i'm into coaching right i love helping you see you see what it does to like especially it's the same
1: in one-on-one as well as in a group like when you talk to someone and you see that moment where it clicks yeah and you're
0: like i gotta you know it's like an upward spiral Yeah. yeah yeah
1: but i think i think when you start doing more group coaching which yeah. is also something that yeah, that's the to. next step for I me. think you love that shit okay. I think you thrive in that okay because I, at the I moment I know now because yeah. we talk for fucking three hours you are a guy like this okay and people would eat that up man they would love it and okay. it, it's so cool because they smile and they like They're like, holy shit, the rant is happening. And you're just like,
0: you love it, dude. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that because at the moment, it's coming to a stage where one on one, I have a lot of clients. So it's like call after call after call. So I can see it's taking a lot of time just coaching each client. Mm. So yeah, I'll be very, I'm looking forward to switching to group coaching and one on one, of course, as well.
1: I mean, you can add it, Just start. let's just start adding it. Yeah. Um. Once a week or something. Hey, this okay. is the big life thing, you know? And the cool thing is, because we talked about it off camera earlier as well, it's like what I do nowadays, which we have to implement again while I'm here, is I just turn the camera on, not only the shitty zoom camera, but like have a DSLR camera rolling, mm-hmm. hooked mm-hmm. up to the sound. Because so many times I go on a crazy epic rant and I'm like, this is great for the reels. And then you just cut that out, you know? Um, And funny enough, what it started with me now is like the last fucking 10, uh, I have one-on-ones with my sales team as well. And with some of the higher ups in my team as well, like the executives, I have weekly one-on-ones with them. And I go on crazy rants with those guys too. And these are just 30 minutes where I'm like, how are you doing, you know? So for example, uh, Victor, who has been, you know him, Victor, right? I think you worked with him. He, he used yeah. to be uh, one of our setter. He actually used to be one of our coaches. Okay. Then he used to be one of our DMers, and then he became a setter. And he became one of a one of our two top setters in the company. And now he got into a, an executive position where he trains the new setters that are coming in. And uh, he has one-on-ones with me too. So now I'm kind of teaching him. Um, he's switching his profession from doing phone calls to managing a team, which is a completely different skill set. Yeah. And uh, so he asks me a lot of management questions, which is very normal. It's kind of similar to the level that you're at where you're now hiring the first people. It's like, okay, am I too harsh? Am I too lenient? Where is the balance? And it's a very intricate process and and, and he asks me questions about that as well. And now I'm just ranting like crazy to him and, he, and it's very cool. And I'm like, I should start recording these as well. Hmm. At the very least, only record my voice because it should still be kind of a platform for them to vent and be like this is personal stuff yeah because some of them you know they're like hey I have this problem and stuff like that but at the very least record my voice and a video because those rants are also amazing and for me it's almost sad when I go on a rant somewhere privately without shooting it because it's gone and I try it so many times to recapture that and sometimes I, it works many times it doesn't yeah
0: it's just it has to be in the moment
1: yeah right yeah and it's again like you get fired up you're like ah! it's beautiful it's like public speaking is 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 very crazy and uh and especially when you just freestyle it all day it's it's such a cool art form
0: yeah Hmm. you are an artist like at the core right because you were into playing music and so I, i guess it's weird because i think i suck at it like um
1: especially music. I I'm a musician. I'm I know how to play drums. I sing, I play guitar. Mm. But like when I compare my when I look at other musicians, I'm like I could never do that. No way. And what, I'm like what, what aspect though? Um the first of all under I have ze- I feel like I have zero talent for a melodic understanding. Mm. Like I could never come up with a catchy melody. No, like every, like I played in many punk rock, classic rock, and metal bands, and like my riffs would always be super boring and shitty. And then I would have like my random guitarist; he would just be drunk. I was like, hey, what about this? And I'm like, whoa, holy shit, what the? And they would do intricate and catchy and good. Right. And I could never do any of that. I think I'm too analytic for that. Mm. So I think I have an, a. Cre- I, I think I am creative. Definitely, yeah. But not in that form. Okay. Uh, my, my my thing is like I, I think I'm good with media I can see things in videos I'm like the video is going to be like this and the cut is that and then you get a shot of me like this and, and with speaking I think those are my kind of my two biggest strengths music I like it's a hobby of mine but I don't think I'm virtuoso enough and never will be But which is fine
0: what about you? Do you play an instrument? Um, I used to. I used to play the violin. but No shit. Yeah, but I haven't played for ages, so I probably should get back to it, huh? Do you have a violin? Not at home. I have it back in Hokkaido, but not in Tokyo. Damn. Damn <laughs> What's man. your advice? Should I should I play the violin again, get back to it? Because Fuck it, man. It would be
1: cool, right? Yeah, I think if you picked it up now, you would learn quicker than ever before, because you yeah. have so much
0: of the other track records. I used to be decent. Um, mm. My dad says I have, like, natural tone ah, still, sick. but, yeah. You know, it's like...
1: I, I, My relationship to music was pure passion for a long time. Like, yeah. very passionate. And then it became professional when I wanted to become a professional musician and I practiced together at the Conservative, Conservatory of Vienna. And then I got an injury, which mm-hmm. now... I just recently started thinking about it It happened for a reason like we talked about before. I got yep. tendinitis and I'm like, it's just my body saying stop, man. Mm-hmm. You're fucking up your whole life. You're you're forcing this passion of yours into this professional realm. It's not supposed to be there. Right. And I think that was my body putting a hard stop on it. And um and now it's back again at just pure passion like if I play guitar, I just fuck around on it. I don't mm-hmm. practice. I'm just like, fuck it, I want to doodle around i want to play this random thing now and i think if you picked up the violin again it might even become an outlet for you where you just start jamming on it because it's a it's maybe. such a different brain engagement
0: than the other stuff yeah. you do i feel i'm very logical like i tend to overthink things so i want to be more like you where you just a spontaneous do things you know it's, yeah. i think it's good to sometimes not overthink things yeah so yeah maybe playing the violin might be a good balance because i'm always thinking and logical i see that I've you're all, yeah. you're
1: very serious yeah, which yeah, yeah. Is
0: amazing so my nickname was captain serious back yeah? in junior <laughs> high i was like why are you calling me that you was know? that new zealand or yeah, what new zealand, yeah so why are you calling me that you know i used to be that serious. even there you were serious yeah. about it yeah, so i was like super into tennis so i'll like even if there was like 10 minute break between um between classes I'll run to the tennis courts and practice myself oh my you know? god I was like super serious man <laughs> so I was like captain serious study hard you know tennis gym like fucking on it and I think that's my personality I still am pretty serious so I think I should try let go a bit more maybe 100% <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: as we're ra- I think we gotta slowly wrap things up that, that's one last thing I wanna, I wanna give you on your way like and I even told you this before I came to Japan. I'm like, I was said, like, dude, we got to hang out when we're there. When I'm in Japan, we got to hang out a lot because you're very serious. I feel it. Everything you do. And that's really amazing. That's definitely better to be on that side of the spectrum than not being serious enough. Because if mm-hmm. you're not being serious enough, you're just this constantly broke artist that is just yeah. like, even if you have the skill of fitness, you're just like, you never scale beyond anything. and dirt And you're too serious, which is great, because you can always tap into that seriousness mm-hmm. and work yourself out of any shitty situation that you ever gonna be in. I guarantee you, with your personality type, you're never gonna hit uh, financial trouble, n- serious financial trouble, at least not for a prolonged time. Mm-hmm. It could be that you dip, but you work yourself out of it. Yeah, Which is, I have the same, type A personality. It's the greatest gift you could ever ask for, but, if you don't learn to nurture that other side of you, that wolf that, uh, you know, there's two wolves inside you, whichever which one becomes the strongest is the one you feed. So you keep feeding that serious wolf, yeah. what's gonna happen is over the years, like after 32, 34, 35, that seriousness can very easily turn into bitterness. Mm. And you get this frowny face and like, I notice it, like I have a lot this frowny face and I'm very well aware of it, mm-hmm. which is why you know the 30 minutes after a 40 14 hour work session i fuck around i'm stupid um, i got to do silly things i got to scroll through the stupidest memes get on much nerves because i like it's it's feeding the the it's feeding the other wolf that would otherwise starve to death as yeah. weird as it sounds like. and and i think if you learn to nurture that other side of you the cool thing is like when you nurture the stupid side the silly side of you It doesn't hurt the serious side. In fact, I would even argue that it strengthens that one as well, because it puts balance in. And that's, for example, a lot of people ask me like, okay, Max, if you're that serious about business, like why do you have so many female friends? Like, why do you go to Cyprus, you bring four friends with you, they're all girls? Because I'm like, because girls get bored if I'm fucking serious. They, just them being around force me to be silly. Right, because they're they're gonna be like, this is boring. Let's do something, you know, like hey Max, like let's go do some fun shit. And, and if I'm just like no, let me grind, it wouldn't work. Yeah. So it's like my it's like my safety net of like making sure that that silly wolf within me doesn't starve to death. And um, I think if you work on that as well, you'll become a super balanced guy. And the higher you climb up, the more balance is important. So when I hang out with people that are way above me you know, they're making whatever, eight million a month, 10 million a month. When I hang out with these guys, I don't see them working harder than me. I don't see them necessarily being smarter than other people. I see them being more fucking balanced. I'm like, this guy is actually really fucking chill, even though he makes so much fucking money, has so much more pressure. And that's kind of like the thing that everybody needs to work on mm-hmm. to, to feed. So if so, for people who are listening, uh, you gotta figure out where on that on that spectrum you are you are very much on the serious side, so you can basically go all in on the silly side and nurture that for a while until you're in the balance. Uh, if you're more on the silly side, you got dude, shut the fuck up and start grinding for two years nonstop just to nurture the, the hardcore side, the serious side. And like everybody needs to have that awareness to figure out where they are and then nurture the other side. It is about the fucking balance. And that's also like why, like, I would say like 80% of people that I meet they're on the on the non-serious side way too mm. much. And that's why so much of my content is shut the fuck up, grind it out motherfucker. Yeah. It's not because that's the only thing that's getting you through the thing. It, that's just the counterbalance to most people's bullshit. Anyways, man, it's epic yeah. to have you and, here. Dude. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and with the girl side of things. Yeah, when I'm with girls though, I it's easier to open up. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, balance man balance is key definitely these days i've just been you know working and yeah so so we're gonna go to the tokyo speedway (laughs) to to balance it
1: (laughs) out let's do it we're gonna go get steak Steak. to balance it out we're gonna get cigars and drinks to balance that out oh and one more thing that we're gonna do We're we're gonna have a cheat day where we're just gonna get up and walk through the city and just eat all the places like cause for him and I we don't know any of the food here Yeah. yeah. so you're welcome to join us where we're just like I'm gonna buy this squid candy or whatever the <laughs> fuck I just started eating all yeah, of man, that let's do it yeah let's do That'll it fun. more of that magical drink more, magical drink, oh, more whoa, placenta drink <laughs> I need to try that dude we'll go tomorrow yeah, yeah let's get some placenta I know where to go no never I know where I, to get I've it I've never man. even
0: heard of it man dude it's great <laughs> have some
1: placenta crew united <laughs>
0: He doesn't know what it is. Doing. He does. No, yeah, now he does. I know. Now Every I know. normal person so, knows what a placenta. Yeah, placenta. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I didn't know there was a drink sponsored by placenta. <laughs> hey, dude, it, it was it was a sick episode. Thank you so Thank much you for joining. Much. Uh, where can people find you? Um, on Instagram, Alec underscore Nakano is my personal with a K, N A K. Yeah, A-L-E-K underscore N-A-K-N-K-E a n o we'll
1: put it in the description of the podcast yeah. youtube
0: channel as well for all YouTube, the japanese speakers. youtube is alec lifestyle fitness yeah so Boom. it's all in japanese but if you guys speak japanese or want to learn japanese or want to see the lifestyle in japan fitness lifestyle in japan follow me give him a follow he's an absolute legend thanks for having for Thank being on much. the thing here and welcome to japan and yeah let's have fun enjoy let's feast gg gg
1: And if you enjoyed this conversation, please do consider giving five stars to this wonderful podcast. If you're still listening to this, now would be a good time to do so because I hope you enjoyed it. And also if you get inspired by Alex's absolutely amazing success story here, and you also wanna see if and how exactly we can help you start your own business from scratch, even if you have zero experience, then go ahead and book a free consultation call with me and my team directly over at maxtorno.com forward slash calls. These calls are not going to be a pitch-fast sales call whatsoever. We're actually known nowadays to be giving a lot of value. We'll be showing you the exact steps you need to take. We'll be showing you the exact roadmap that you need from zero to your goal, wherever it is that you want to be going to. And also, if you're a little bit advanced already and you say, hey, I'm already making 10, 20, 30K a month. I want to scale to multiple hundred thousand a month. We can also help you with this. We have quite a lot of advanced clients nowadays. For you, it's basically the same address, maxtorner.com forward slash call. And uh, yeah, fill out the application. Let's talk soon. Bye bye.